go. Um, Hardy, are you guys ready? You want to just dive in? Yeah, yeah, yeah whenever you are. All right, cool. All right, we're recording. All right, uh, yeah, it's been a while, King. Um, <laughs> it has been a while. <laughs> Welcome to the Pull Far Podcast. This is Josh Heiser here with James Prophet Fella and special guest Tim Daniel. Tim Daniel. Thanks for yeah. Thanks for coming on, Tim. Thanks for having me. Excited about this one. So we are. Um, I think we planned this change. March Madness, this just shows how our lives are, but um, a, a tournament um, for the best Bret Hart matches. Um, Tim, right before we got on, you were telling us that you just met Bret Hart yesterday. I did, at right? StarCast. Yeah, I went to StarCast yesterday. Amazing. Okay, so what was it like shaking his hand? Did it feel like shaking the hands of an angel? Yeah. Because they're singing from the heavens. Yeah? I, I knew it. Okay. All right. So what was yeah. it like, man? It was um, it was cool. So um, my wife and I, um, you know, we decided to go to Nashville for the weekend. Uh, it was SummerSlam weekend, so we got to go to the show. But, and, what a uh, show. Yeah, it was a great show, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. But um, it was, like, my, like, weekend to, like, live out all of my wrestling nerddom. So Friday night, I went to Undertaker's one-man show, uh, which I guess is going to be a Peacock special. And the future really? is what they said. Um, yeah, cool. that was awesome. And then Saturday did StarCast. So Brett was like really neat. And it was cool because the horsemen were set up right next to where Brett was. And Brian Danielson was actually in the middle of them. So you have Brett Hart, Brian Danielson, and the horsemen all like meeting, greeting with what fans. The heck? And uh, like a murderer's row of like goats from the 80s and 90s, well, man. Yeah. And, and 2000s. Yeah. Tim, you're forgetting the goat uh, that you met as well, Billy Gunn. What was that I, like? That was awesome. So, <laughs> funny story about that one. Um, I'm a big Outlaws, Mark. Like, diehard mm-hmm. Outlaws fan. Um, I know we'll talk about, at some point, we'll talk about Waltman in here. Huge Waltman, Mark. So, like, those are my dudes. Um, okay. So, I'm like, okay, everyone does the classic, like, you meet and greet. You know, you only get a minute with them, right? So, everyone does the whole, like go on they put their arms around you or they do the crotch chop and i'm like i want to do something different so i brought my hand mic with me and i gave it to road dog and i go hey for my photo can we do the outlaws introduction and he's like yeah of course <laughs> so he gets the nice. mic. he starts to do it and billy gunn's like what the f is going on and road dog goes just to the cross shop. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool. And then, yeah, I, um, so that was that was really neat. I'm, yeah, I guess I'm a huge Outlaws fan. I got to meet Dan Housen. I'm a huge, oh, huge fan of his. Oh, me too, me too. And then um, met all the Major Pod dudes. I'm like a huge, huge Major Pod fan. Like, I know your listeners can't see, but I've got all of the bendies here behind me, including nice. Conrad. I got a Conrad one yesterday. You got a Conrad Thompson bendy. Yeah, I got a Conrad Thompson action figure. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't know there was such a thing. Yeah, so they did, a, uh, they did a My World set. So you get uh, Jeff Jarrett 99, you get Jeff Jarrett 95, and Conrad. <laughs> that's awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, it was cool. Um, but yeah, so Brett was awesome. Got a moment to like talk with them. Uh, was really personable with everybody. It was so funny because I was wearing a um, major pod shirt. 
And I guess he forgot who Zack Ryder was, you know, understandable. He's like, who is that on your shirt? I was like, oh, it's uh, the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. And he's like looking at me. I'm like, they're these guys. They do a podcast on wrestling action figures. And he just shakes his head like, I, you know, doesn't like ring a kids bell. these days. Yeah. And I was like, um, <laughs> Zack Ryder used to be in WWE, Kurt Hawkins. And he was like, you know, like, so. And then I was like, thank you so much. I'm a huge fan. He like shook my hand twice. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, really, really cool, man. Like, uh, you know, James, I know like you, um, Brett is, you know, on my Mount Rushmore. He is, you know, my favorite. And I know like, I know you feel the same way. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. And like Brett and Sean are like my one and two, which is so funny because the rivalry <laughs> for years. But um, I told you guys I was at that Raw, right? When Brett came back. Oh, my gosh. Uh yeah, the one in, was it Columbus or Dayton? Dayton at the Letter Center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Love yeah, it. I was at that. So, uh, yeah, fresh off meeting Bret Hart. I'm very excited to talk about Bret Hart matches. So, yeah. let's go. I will, uh, I'll say, I heard this uh, podcast discussing that uh, in the last five years, there's kind of been this reappraisal about Bret Hart among wrestlers and the fan community, where he's now considered in some circles maybe the best of all time. And what somebody said was, I think maybe the reason he gets more love than some of the others is that he doesn't like there's no real stories of him being a complete a-hole. And he's always very honest, even when it's not like the nice thing to do. He'll just say whatever he's thinking. And so I kept that in mind. And I went back and I rewatched the Tom McGee documentary and match while I was watching all these other matches for this. Right. Yeah. And I hadn't noticed this before, but like at the end, after they spend 30 minutes talking about the match, you know, asking him all these questions, they kind of get to the segue part where they're going to show it. And so they go to Tom McGee they go, and they go, you want to watch it? And he's like, uh, sure. Yeah. Then they go to Bret Hart. They go, you want to watch it? And without hesitating, he goes, no. <laughs> <It's really poor. laughs> like the whole room just laughs and he goes. Uh, why do you have it? <laughs> I'll say um, one thing I forgot to include that really made me laugh. So Brett was a little late for a signing yesterday. No one's mad. Okay. You know, it's Bret Hart. You know, everyone. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna late. wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna wait. So the Horsemen, the way they set up for the Horsemen, um, and mind you, this is Rick, Arn, Tully, Luger's there, JJ Dillon's there. Um, I think it was JJ Dillon, Barry Windham. Like it's like <laughs> one it's of the Horsemen. Yeah, it's the horseman we grew up with, basically. Like, before the Malinkos and guys like that. And the Hennings. And like, uh, the real horseman, yeah. Yeah. The original. So yeah. They actually set up the old NWA-like background with, like, the pa- uh, the podium. You know, the classic Ric Flair podium. And Brett, like, walks in and sees it. Okay. And, like, he sees all these fans, like, taking pictures and stuff with them. He literally walks down, sits in the middle between Flair and Luger, and just, like, crosses his arms and like photo bombs the horseman. I was like, this is awesome. It's so good. That's awesome. Yeah, it was neat. Um, Starcast is cool, man. Like, if you guys ever get a chance to do it, I was kind of hesitant just because it was so pricey. Um, mm-hmm. It's like thirty bucks to get in for the day, and um, you know, but you know, how many how many other places you could be walking around? And you see like Ron Simmons just chilling, like hanging out next to Lex Luger. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's so freaking cool. And I will say, Josh brought up. Uh, that we were going to release this back around March and April. Josh, do you remember what day we had planned to release it on? Uh, was it Shawn Michaels Day? 
No, although that's one of the best that tweets awesome. ever is uh, Dak Shepard saying, it's Shawn Michaels' birthday. Here's a tribute to the best wrestler of all time. And he leaves a picture of Bret Hart on it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we I can't remember. It. Yeah, it was going to be on April 10th, which in wrestling fandom is Bret Hart Day because it's 410, which is his assessment of Ric Flair and Triple H. Four out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> now I remember. Yes. That's but pretty funny. We'll have to think of a new day. I mean, so August, SummerSlam, I mean, he is, some people consider one of the, one of the Mr. SummerSlam types. I, I, I would definitely call him Mr. The SummerSlam. The SummerSlam. Yes. Um, yeah. So the way we did this, we, James and I went back and forth, just kind of nominating matches until we got to a full uh, 32 match bracket. Um, and then James being the genius that he is, uh, grouped them uh, thematically. Um, and yeah, so I don't know. Did you guys get a chance to watch all of them? I know that's a big ask, but I was just curious. I did not get to watch all of them. Um, I watched a good amount and then like a lot of them from, for just, you know, seeing them so many times as a kid, like I had a good memory of them. Um, but like, actually funny enough, I like reached out to my buddy Tyler and I was like, Hey man, I was like, I know you know this stuff just as well as I do. Um, can you like go through this and like, just get your opinion, see if like we're kind of on the same page. So he like went through the bracket and like, I literally like probably two days later got a full like Apple note of like I just clicked on and it's like his thoughts on every single match and why he likes which one in the and I was like this is perfect because I agree on most of these and also this gives me a lot of insight so thanks pal yeah so that's, that's awesome. your friend Tyler you said yeah all right so I was gonna propose a series to you two later but I was gonna say like we need like two more so if you guys like it maybe he could be one of them <laughs> say less I'm in I'll I'll bring the mics. We'll do this all together. Have a few beers. Oh my god, yeah. that'll be fantastic. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. Sign me up. It, all right, all right, cool. So yeah, I, I was like Tim. I watched a good amount, but um, I've been watching Bret Hart since my childhood. So <laughs> unless I was unsure or thought I might have a reassessment, I was like, ah, I'm pretty sure I know exactly which of these matches I prefer. So this kind of yeah. went off memory and love. Yeah, it's, it sucked because when we were thinking that we we're going to uh, record pretty soon, I was like, I was like, I'm going to watch all of them. And I was taking notes and I got through a good amount. And then I don't remember what happened, but we got sidetracked. And then, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that I took notes because I have a terrible memory. So I don't know exactly what, you know, some of these off the top of my head are. So I've got, um, yeah, like, like Tim said, I've got an uh, Apple note here uh, to help me out. So. Let's get into it. Um, and James, feel free to give us your <laughs> thoughts on what uh, you were thinking when grouping them. Some of them are pretty obvious, but so the first one, I'd say the the number one seed. <laughs> Can I uh, uh, propose an interruption really quick? Sure. Of course. All right, before we get going on this, yeah, uh, this will be the second time we've talked about a SummerSlam the night after on one of our podcasts. SummerSlam was last night. And, uh, man, lots of big news coming out of it. Tim, you were there live, yeah, right? Yeah, man. It was awesome. I um, First pay-per-view with Hunter in charge, and I'm, I'm all in back. I'm back with the E. Nice. I'm back with the Fed, man. I'm back in. Did, 
Dude, I am too. Oh, I mean, like, I, I don't guess I was ever really out because I only watched <laughs> the specials. So I was always like, oh, they're great if you just watch the specials. But the, the man, the scenes they planted, the storytelling, the surprises, this was the most fun pay per view in a long, long time. Yeah, man. Um, being there was cool. I will say, like, obviously, for obvious reasons, anytime you go to a show, it's a good time. Um, but, you know, taking my, my wife had never been to a WWE show. So it was her oh, first wow. time ever going. Oh, dude. She Magic. was like, she's a huge Bianca Belair fan now because, you know, opening match, they tear the house down again. Like, I could watch those two. I'm a huge Belair fan myself. Um, I could watch those two work anytime and love it. Um, but yeah, they like that was awesome. Uh, Pat McAfee, I actually really enjoy when he wrestles. I think he's really fun. Um, so that was great. But this, the like, freaking, just like, you know, you guys have watched this your whole lives like me. Mm-hmm. Taking yeah. someone for the first time, and they see someone with a tractor lifting up a ring, and you have to explain, <laughs> like, that's not really how it goes. <laughs> that's not, that doesn't happen every week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's You're seeing special right now. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking about you, Tim, when I was watching it, because I was wondering where you were in the crowd. Were you <laughs> from a good vantage point there, or did it, I guess, maybe further up, or... Yeah, I was in the 200s, um, but what was cool was I was right above the entrance. So, like, I could see them. I couldn't see them when they first came out of, like, the, the doors. But, like, I could see them when they got, like, a little bit down the state, down the entrance ramp. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, seeing Roman's entrance from that angle was super cool. Just, like, kind of seeing him just, like, own the moment and just walk. And not necessarily take her entrance where it takes forever, but just, like, yeah, you guys are here to see me kind of heelish move. Like, it was pretty yeah. dope. Like, Heyman holding the title uh, behind him uh, was cool. And then, like, Lesnar, we saw the tractor come up before the entrance, and we're like, is that, I guess that's going to be involved in the match somehow. Little mm-hmm. did we know he would be, like, driving it to the ring. Um, so that was cool. So, yeah, I was in the 200, so. Um, man, you had good seats, man. That's great. Yeah, it was cool. The only thing that was hard was there was a guy like four or five rows in front of me wearing a cowboy hat and, you know, the seats like slouched down. So like when Edge came back and he comes up to the stage, I was like, is that Edge? Are we sure? And I had to look at the Jumbotron across the stadium to be like, "Okay, cool. (laughs) I do. So with you being there, Josh, I want your thoughts on this, too. For you, what was the biggest holy crap moment of the night? Was it Bailey? Was it? Dakota, was it EO? Was it Edge? Was it uh, Logan Paul being like good wrestler? Or was it the the Wrestle Talk guys said that the Brock Roman spot with the tractor was, I think they said like perhaps the greatest stunt spot in wrestling history. As like as far yeah. as like not something just contained to a ring or like a cage, but like the craziest thing they'll ever do in a match. And he said, like, this is like the Pantheon. This is like Austin Beer Truck, Brock Show yeah. Superplex, and this. <laughs> yeah, I so would say... Think, um, I mean, they'll, the Bailey Dakota Kai EO Sky now, even though her Jumbotron said EO Shirai last night. Yeah, that's um, confusing. That's that. <laughs> was, was really cool, man. Like, that was like... Um, you know, I, I read the like, you know, I read like the e-wrestling news and Lords of Pain just kind of like because I like the behind scenes stuff. But like right before like a show, like a big a PLE or, you know, in this case, a PLE, um, Maybe I just, <laughs> just kind of stay off the sheets because I'm like, if something cool happens, I don't want it to be like breaking. The fiend is walking through the arena right now. And like all of a sudden, I'm like, damn it. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? So like uh, yeah. when Bailey popped up, I was like, I knew she was like pretty close from like everything you're reading. And I was like, oh, cool. Awesome. So they're going to break Bailey and Bianca. And like when Dakota Kai pops up, because, you know, she got released in April. You're like, oh, shit, this is touche, Paul. Touche, Levesque. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Brock thing, man, like. Um, there's a little like dumb logic to it where like, you know, it's freaking cool. Like it was awesome. It, it did like really mattered a ton for the match, but Brock can pick up Roman with the tractor, slam him like with the, the, the incubator from the tractor, like throw him into the ring, pick the ring up to where he falls and rolls out of it. And he gets up. Yeah. But Roman and the Usos just throw a ton of things on him, and Roman stands on top of the stuff, and Brock can't get up from that. I'm like, I, I understand it's wrestling, but that's a little goofy for me. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I um. All right, Josh. What about you, man? What were your thoughts on SummerSlam? Yeah, I, I'm pretty much pretty similar. I um. I geeked out for for those returns. I love Io. I'm a huge fan of her, so I was glad just to see her on TV again. Um, and yeah, the the match I was looking forward to the most was the main event because I've become a huge Roman Mark. And um, I actually fell asleep. It was like uh, just before the main event. I was like, I know that I can't make it, so I'm just calling it, and I'm gonna get up early and not look at my phone. James, I saw some messages from you. And I was like, nope, not looking, not looking. And uh, watched it this morning, and I was like, literally jaw dropped. I was like, what the hell? I've never seen. It's crazy to think like of all the things that we've seen over the years that they can still do something that they've never done before. I was like, I, they're literally lifting the ring. I mean, even when he first started pushing the ring, that was nuts. Like it was like, <laughs> what is he doing? And I was half wondering, like, has Brock lost his mind? Like, then I felt like the the way Roman fell, I was like, is he okay? Like, it just looked like kind of scary when he rolled all the way down the ring like that. And yeah, I agreed. It was a little bit like, I mean, I was obviously happy that Roman won, but I was kind of like, uh, okay, <laughs> you know, but, um, but yeah, it was awesome. And, you know, look, going into it, I wasn't super excited about the card, honestly, but um, I was glad that theory, <laughs> didn't do anything, you know, it was kind of like a fake, you know, to threaten that he was going to win. That would have been awful. Um, and then I'm I, not I there yet sure. either. I agree. Yeah. I was like, come on of all these like records that Roman has with the belt, like, please don't let him lose to this guy. And I just thought, <laughs> especially too, after Vince left, you know, it's like, I know it's, somewhat uh scripted all of that stuff with him but some of it seemed realistic as well it's like surely they won't do that now but um i even wondered if just making him lose immediately was like all right suck it vince we're not gonna do anything with this guy um so everybody yeah, exhales yeah yeah and, and i i was wondering what would happen with seth i thought maybe something happened with seth but i was fine you know that nothing did and um, just keeps us keeps us watching. So I was glad that Beck or uh, Bailey and all that was the was the surprise that was talked about, not the like Seth or you know something like that. So happy yeah. with the show. 
Yeah, I was too. Um, super happy with it. Bailey coming back, that's something that me and my oldest daughter, Zoe, had been talking about all week. Like, I hope Bailey comes back tonight. I hope Bailey comes Aww. back tonight. And she was coming in from out of town uh, for a cousin's birthday, the night of SummerSlam. And when she got home was literally the minute that Bailey was showing up. So she walked uh, through the door amazing. and went, Zoe, come down, come down, come down. It's Bailey. She's walking out right now. That's amazing. So, yeah, it was perfect. Oh, my gosh. I loved the show. Brock Reigns, I thought, had their best match since WrestleMania 31. <laughs> the first time they did it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the stunt, you know, the tractor moving the ring, Chekhov's tractor. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, picking it up. That was great. Uh, yeah. EO, I love EO. I like Dakota Kai. So I just kept raising that geek out moment. And did you notice, like, if you go back to uh, Bianca Becky, where this started at last year's SummerSlam, they took one year, they went full circle. It started with Becky turning heel by reaching out her hand to Bianca yep. and then kicking her and pulling her in for a man slam. And it ended with Becky reaching her hand out and pulling her in for a hug. So poetically, it was perfect symmetry. And the one year, exactly one year to get from beginning to end just worked out so well. Yeah. yeah. And there's so much like I'm ready to see now. Like, I want to see what happens next with Bailey's faction. I want to see where Rhonda and Liv go from here. Uh, they had Alexa Bliss ready to challenge the winner of the Raw Women's Championship match. Like, OK, how's that going to play out now? Is she going to be um, Bianca's partner, too? Is that how they get her in this mix? So, you know, like who's going to be Reigns, Reigns and Drew now? Drew, by the way, seemed totally natural, totally likable. Right. Yeah, but to me, proud dug it. Oh yeah, yeah, they dug it. it. He wasn't nearly as forced as he has been sometimes in the past. <clears throat> but the two moments that really made the show, like for me, click is like this is something different. One, and this is not my thought. This is something that uh, the Wrestle Talk guys came up with. They said like when the sun started going down, and you can see it because it's a stadium show. And they don't like blind, they don't like put lights on the crowd. It's just the sun is setting. And this is like, I think right when um, the, the uh, I think it was like right after the opening match was finishing up. And you see like Bailey and like her crew of NXT people are walking to the back of the sun setting. And so like, it was almost just like, if accidental, perfectly symbolic moment of like, okay, the old regime is gone. Wow. And the NXT guy is here and taking over. That's and awesome. the other moment, the one that jumped out to me when I was watching live is this was during the McAfee match where Cole, you know, was like Michael Cole did a great job. Best commentary performance ever, I think. Last night, right? Tim, when you watch it, he was fantastic. Yeah, I'll probably put and it so, on in the background while I work tomorrow. Very cool. There is this moment during the McAfee match, like he's cheering Pat McAfee the whole time because it's his partner. And Corey Graves goes, I miss when you weren't allowed to have an opinion. And then there's like three seconds of silence. And then Cole went, well, that's changed now. A lot has changed. Wow. <laughs> I, I must, I missed that. But that's okay. awesome. I heard that yeah. during the, um, I heard during the last man standing match at one point, like they muted his mic to kind of keep like, cause they were like, he was saying, it's a damn tractor. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, he was going full JR in that match, man. Like he was love it. Excited to be there. Yeah, it was great. Sign me up. 
<laughs> so are, you, are you guys recording right now while watching Flair's last match? Oh, I am not watching Flair's last match. Are you watching it? No, but he was in my hotel bar uh, Friday night late. Uh-oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Act surprised, everyone. Ric Flair was at the hotel bar. Yeah. <laughs> was he buying drinks for the whole bar? So, mind you, you know, they're on Central Time. So mm-hmm. I'm a little, I was a little confused by that. So Taker's show gets over about 1130 Central Time. And so I walk back to the hotel. Um, I stayed downtown, so it was pretty easy to get around everywhere. Um, and I walk into the hotel after midnight. And my wife's still in the hotel room. She didn't go to take her show with me. Um, and I look over and I just see Flair in this like long table with a bunch of people just drinking away. And I'm like, really oh. living the gimmick, aren't we, Flair? Really living the gimmick, Rick. I thought the whole thing was he's been like training and, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Actually trying to get into somewhat of shape, but yeah, he's still still doing that. So he breaks my I'm heart. Sure I think he's I'm sure the match will be himself. great. <laughs> yeah. Flair breaks my heart because, you know, like uh, you know, I'm all for living the gimmick and but like, you know, he takes K Fab a little too seriously with how right. he acts outside of the ring, so <laughs> We could have had could have had Sean Flair as the last Flair match. That should have been the last Flair match. In the room, yeah. yeah. Even he at one point said that was after he had wrestled like another twenty matches. Yeah. <laughs> like somebody in an interview, they said yeah. like, yeah, "So how's it feeling about that your final match was against like whoever in TNA?" What like my last match was against Shawn Michaels. Let's make no mistake about that. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a paycheck. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I forgot Foley's last singles match was Flair in TNA. Oh, God. Oh, really? Yeah. 2010? <laughs> I'm going to pretend that his last match also was, let's say, the uh, Edge deal. WrestleMania 22. That was his last match. Yeah. I was going to say uh, One Night Stand, the uh, Edge Tornado Tag against Terry and Dreamer. Oh, yeah, but okay. That's a good one. Fair enough. Yeah, that's a blast. Yeah, well, I sorry I took over your guys' show. You asked me about SummerSlam, and I was so fired no, up. I had to. Fine. Yeah, I'm so, oh, yeah. You. I wanted. I yeah, wanted I wanted to, to talk about. I kind of wanted to talk about Vince, but I feel like if we do that, we are never going to get to this tournament. So because you want to talk about Brett and Vince at WrestleMania 26, right? Josh? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, how the is one, that not on the bracket? The one, we that forgot. Was the one seed, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I am uh, like right now I'm letting myself be a little sentimental for like Vince and that I got into WWF. That was my gateway to wrestling because number one, like what I know already is pretty bad. Okay. Like there are NDAs they have to do with women and he slept with employees. Like I'm against that stuff. The Rita Charlton explanations like, okay, so that seems that's getting more credibility by the day. So that's awful. Right. But I, I almost feel positive that, like, in one week, it's going to be impossible to be sentimental about Vince McMahon. Yeah. So I'm going back. I'm watching the documentary this week because I'm pretty sure, like, like as soon as that Rita story gets confirmed by, like, one more person, it's like, okay, well, it's over. And if something new comes out, it's like, okay, well, he – are we going to be able to talk about him in the future even? Like, they gave him the on-air goodbye – that might be the last time he gets mentioned, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, 
this real sports Brian Gumble piece is supposed to apparently be pretty damning from what I read. Do you think they'll Chris Benoit him on the network, James? I mean, that'd be pretty hard. Like it, it would be hard. Everywhere. Yeah, like I mean, really, at the end of the day, like it's the on-screen product, and yeah, he was all over the on-screen product, but so was Benoit. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. gonna depend yeah. on what comes out, you know. Yeah, I'm uh I'm rewatching 99 right now. I'm uh right to be at about to be a fully loaded 99. So because I was like, I want to see the Ministry of Darkness stuff again. So like, this is right when Vince gets introduced as the higher power, and no. they have the ladder match at King of the Ring with him and Shane against Austin, and it's like, man, I don't know how they're gonna scrub this away. Yeah. And we still don't know who was raising the briefcase. Still don't know. You're right. <laughs> that'd be awesome if like 2027 on a random episode of Raw, it's like Kevin Owens was like, yeah, it was me. I was like 12 years old. <laughs> Shane McMahon it, comes out. <laughs> Everyone thought my father was behind it. <laughs> but it's funny. It's funny you say that, James, about the uh, giving yourself time to be sentimental because it was like right when he announced Right when he announced he was retiring, it was maybe like 20, 30 minutes later, I saw an update from McFoley on, I think it was on Facebook. He does a lot of stuff on Facebook. And I was like, oh, what's this going to be? And it was, it was, it was very like sentimental. Like I owe my entire career to Vince, you know, like all that kind of stuff. And, and I was just like, are we doing this? (laughs) Are we doing the like, thank you, Vince, you know, that kind of thing with, like you said, like what's what's clearly going to come out like any day is going to be horrible um i just thought that was interesting especially for mick foley who doesn't seem to shy away from most things so yeah uh, like he i think i've seen a couple places where people have said like i owe my entire career to events he provided for my family in ways nobody else ever did or could i'm not making any excuses for what has come out so far mm. And so it's sort of that dual thing, right? Where everybody has... It's like when wrestlers would talk about Benoit. Like, I can't justify what happened at all. I'm not going to defend it. But he was always a very good friend to me or something like that, you know? Right. It, it's, I don't know. <sighs> I, I, I do think there's... Like you were saying, Tim and Josh, you... Like, there's going to be more and it's going to be big when it hits. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Not gonna be All good, right. guys. Not gonna be good. Speaking well, of, yeah. <laughs> go ahead, James. Speaking of like things Vince has screwed, let's I transition knew, to I Bret Hart. Wondering if you'd say that. Um, <laughs> I okay. like it. Yeah. First, first matchup. Uh, this guy named Shawn Michaels. Don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah, thirty-two matches, by the way. Here, <laughs> um, WrestleMania twelve, the Iron Man match. Um, some people call the greatest match of all time versus, um, well, obviously versus Bret Hart, <laughs> but that <laughs> match versus Shawn Michaels and Bret at Survivor Series 1997, the, uh, next year, um, and that is the infamous Montreal Screwjob. Yeah, so these are their last two matches together and the two, the last two televised matches for the world title. Mm. So that's, yeah, every match has like a theme and every four matches have a theme together. So like Josh said, we we put thought into this, put a lot of thought into it. We did it deathmatch style. Yeah. That's why it took I, so long. 
Yeah, I understand. <laughs> well, I can go. Um, I, I basically, I, I love the the Montreal screw job, James. I don't know if you've listened yet, or Tim, if you've heard of the um, the Shoemaker podcast, the um, what's it called, the Book of Wrestling. Yeah, I love so, it. It's really good. He has one on the screw job, and it's great. And I love that whole thing. Uh, but it's yeah, I'm gonna go with Iron Man match. It's kind of a no brainer. Um, between these two, as the match is good in Survivor Series '97, but it obviously ends a little early and ends a awkwardly. So between these two, I got to go Iron Man match. Hi right, Tim, how about you? Yeah, I'm I'm going with Josh as well. I mean, it's it's you know, if you watch the uh, the way that Brett and Sean describe it on that A and E Rivals doc, that which are phenomenal by the way, um, when they're hugging at the end, they're like talking in the hotel lobby. And Sean's like that match, that WrestleMania match. And Brett's like, yeah, it's a masterpiece. And like, I totally agree with that. Um, I've, I've seen Conrad kind of say he has issues with the match because it was only a one fall match. But I feel like, you know, I feel like that makes it awesome. Like I just recently watched, um, was it back? I think fully loaded 2000 rock versus triple H Iron Man match for the title. And there's like triple H, like DDTs the rock and gets a fall at one point. I'm like, nope. Nope, no, nope, can't yeah. can't get behind this because it was the debut of American Badass Taker was that night. Um, so yeah, WrestleMania 12. I mean, if you watch, that's not a very memorable WrestleMania, but that match is the freaking. I think that's the match that if you're like trying to get someone to watch wrestling, you got to show them at least 30 minutes of that match. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a classic for this. I'm doing this online project with uh, the place to be nation where the like super fans of it get on it and they'll like every year they do. Okay. What are the top 100 matches ever? And so I wrote this like low level dissertation about the Iron Man match that got a few nice comments from people. And um, yeah, that match, if you watch the bill to it, there's so much symbolism packed into that match. Like, I always like the match, but watching the build, it's like, oh, this is goes back to the first thing Brett said in their face-to-face promo, and this goes back to the thing that Piper implied but didn't directly say, and this goes back to Survivor Series 92, that finish, and this, and blah, 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 and, like, all the stuff where there's this running theme through the match where Bret Hart being, like, the ace, quote-unquote, of the promotion, anything Sean did more than once, Brett would counter, with one exception. Like, the very start of the match, Sean gets away with something three times, which is, like, a headlock reversal that had never been done in WWE before. Everything else, the whole rest of the match, if he repeats a spot, Brett will counter it. And that's how they get to the finish of the 60-minute time limit, too. He nearly got this pin with a Hunican Rana, a Mexican wrestling hold, which, two parts about that. Number one, Brett had dismissed Mexican wrestling in the bill to it. We're like, I don't know any tough Mexican wrestlers. Mm. <laughs> and they're going, like, weirdly heel there. And, um... Sean went for it again. Like, Bret Hart almost got pinned, so he goes for it again, and Bret counters, and it's the same counter he uses at Survivor Series 92, and that's where Sean has to hold on. And it's like this cool moment, too, where, like, Sean had countered the sharpshooter twice in the match, but when he gets caught that time, he's just, like, dead. And so when Bret catches him, he, like, can't fight it off at all. And so it's almost just like he's living his nightmare right now. He's going to lose his big title shot in the exact same way twice. It was so poetic how they put it together. 
Um, yeah, I love that match. I honestly think Survivor Series 97 is criminally underrated. It is very good. Yeah, it's very good. One of the my favorite sound bites of all time is the way they started is they fight outside the ring for like 10 minutes, which is almost like this great get it all out of your system type of moment. And then they go in the ring and the bell rings and Jerry Lawler gets this exasperated like, finally. <laughs> but I just I love, you know, it's sort of like these guys are so consumed by their hate for each other. That they don't need the construct of a match. They don't need the construct of a match. They just need to be in the same place at the same time. And that's enough to get a fight going. So I love everything about that match except for the ending. Um, but the ending's so important to wrestling history that I think that's a plus to the match too. <laughs> but like you guys, I'm voting for the Iron Man match. So that's a shout out. Perfect. All right. All right. Next part of the first two to get us to the second round. We're staying with Shawn Michaels. As you should. Yeah. So can you hear me? I'm sorry. I was like, okay. My phone was acting weird. Yeah. um, The Rockers was Saturday night main event, 1990. Um, Yeah. With, uh, or versus, sorry. What was that? Heart Foundation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. versus the I, I didn't watch that one. Sorry. Um, oh, it's really good. Versus Sean and Survivor Series 1992. Um, okay, so yeah, so the theme with this one was early 90s Sean with the uh, mullet Sean and everything else. So. What do you think, James? What do you got on that one? So I know which way you're going to go, um, but I actually went the opposite way. This match reminded me of how much I love the Heart Foundation, and I used to hate the Rockers, man. They were my least favorites when I was like, you know, 1990. I was just like, man, they're just pretty boys. I just want someone to slap the crap out of them and. You know, when they would come out jumping, they're so excited to be here. I wanted, like, Jim the Anvil Nightheart to just forearm one of them in the chest and knock them across the ring. And this match gave it to me, and it took me back to my childhood and made me happy. <laughs> so, um, as good as that other match is, I'm going for Saturday night's main event with the upset. Nice. Well, I'll go next because maybe Tim will be the tiebreaker. I... I uh, did not watch that Rockers match. I don't remember it, but I also don't remember um, many Rockers matches. Um, but I love that Survivor Series 92 match, and I did rewatch it um, for this for this tournament. Um, and yeah, so I'm going to vote for that one. Tim, you got the, the tiebreaker. Oh, man, no pressure. No, no pressure or anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually, yeah, I went Survivor Series 92 because I look at it as chapter one of the Iron Man match. Um, James just talked about the Iron Man match and how, you know, there were so many moments in Survivor Series 92 where it was like, Sean fell for this, so Brett had this. And it was like real, like, sports in those moments. You know what I mean? Like, it was really like, so I, I think, like, Survivor Series 92, I always looked at it as chapter one to the Iron Man match and chapter one of their one-on-one rivalry. I do love the tag match. Don't get me wrong. Um, it was actually on Sean's uh, Heartbreak and Triumph DVD. Um, 
if you if you got if there's people out there that still collect WWE DVDs, um, it's actually one of the bonus matches on the second disc. Um, I don't ask me how I remember that. I just do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's great and it's cool because like the only thing that sucks, of course, uh, yeah, there's the demolition spot at the end. I feel like that's where it's like, ah, okay, like um, <laughs> right. other than yeah, but like I feel like that kind of just takes away from the moment. Um, and that kind of is yeah. what kind of leads towards Fire Series 92 for me. All right. I will, since you brought it up, I'll say if we have any listeners who are looking to expand their wrestling collection, if you can find that DVD for about 10 bucks on eBay, one of the best documentaries they ever made and one of the best collection of matches with a documentary that they ever did. So highly recommend picking that up for your collection if you don't have it. Yeah, because um, Brett's doc is not on... The network on Peacock, uh, but Sean's both the Sean's are oh. both of them, and the Click one, but the H. Wow, yeah, I didn't know Brett's wasn't on there. Did they take it down the day he like did stuff with AEW? <laughs> must have been, must have been. They're like, if we could take on all these singing punk matches, we'd do it too. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's like a year of WWE programming just gone. Uh-huh. <laughs> that yeah, it was like we had a year of punk and a couple years of brett so yeah <laughs> here's each of them all right so round two when we get there will be wrestlemania 12 versus survivor series 92 brett first shot so that'll be fun to talk about i yeah. can't wait for that so next up we have um basically two perfect matches no pun intended uh <laughs> mr perfect king of the ring versus mr perfect SummerSlam 91 um yeah, I can see this one going either way. That was this one was tough. This one was really tough. Yeah, they're like in the online world. There's a lot of people that will argue both sides of this one. Really? And they're, yeah, yeah. And they're two kind of like quote unquote classic early '90s WWF matches. So you know, Brett was the worker back then. He was the top. He was the Brian Danielson of that day. You know, like oh, he's going to have the best matches. So. You know, these were two of his best, best matches from that period. Yeah. So, yeah, Josh, you sound surprised, though. So you have a clear favorite? Well, I, yeah, I mean, SummerSlam 91 is one of my favorite, you know, events ever. And it is definitely, like, colored by nostalgia. But I did rewatch both of these. Um, and I just thought the second one was just kind of like, it's amazing. But they, they mirror, like, a lot of the same moves um, and spots and stuff from 91. And I just didn't think anything really made it outshine the first one. And the first one has Piper on commentary, <laughs> which is like another extra half a star if you're doing the Meltzer thing. Um, yep. Heen- Heenan is also amazing. Um, yeah, he, he is. He sells it as, um, you know, no one's ever kicked out of the perfect plex. And he he's just, it just makes it so good. I mean, that. It, this is the match I think of that makes like the Intercontinental title like so classic, you know. Um, Perfect, I think is. I mean, I know this is a Brett pod, <laughs> but <laughs> Mr. Perfect is just freaking incredible, and, and he's like so good as a heel champion in this. Um, you know, when he's coming into this match, um, slapping Brett in the corner, just like so like disrespectful. Um, it's amazing. I love this match. So I, I hate that it's going to be up against 
what I'm assuming is the Iron Man match at some point, because uh, I really love this match. So, yeah, I'm going with SummerSlam 91. All right, Tim, how about you, man? First time this show, Josh and I are not on the same page. Uh-huh. Um, I went King of the Ring. I feel like it's it's one of my favorite matches. Um, and, you know, this is back when, like, Brett's still, like, kind of learning to t- cut promos. So, you know, this is the lead into him and Jerry Lawler, and there's all that stuff uh, post-match. Did he- did he ever figure it out though? Somewhat. I think when he was like when he was shooting, yeah. When he shot, yeah. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> um but you know, in SummerSlam ninety one is, you know, it's fantastic. It's excellent. Um but at that point they were kinda limited on the things they could and couldn't do because Perfect was going through everything at the time with his back injury. Um, the finish is great. The finish is like one of my favorite finishes ever from a Brett match. Um yeah. but you know, at that point, King of the Ring, you have perfect at 100%. You have bread at 100%. And, you know, there's no limitations because of injury or anything. And there's the things they were able to do in the match, transitions. Um, no pun intended here. These two are the perfect mm-hmm. opponents for each other. They just worked so yeah. unbelievably well together. They really did, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Brett could work well with anyone, don't get me wrong. But, like, what him and him and Henning were able to do together was just magic. Uh, yep. as, as, as you know, so these were two tricky ones, and I totally have no issue if SummerSlam '91 goes over. Um, but I picked King of the Ring just because it's it's something that's very nostalgic to me. Nice. All right. So yeah, I'm excited, James. What you got? <laughs> I have a lot of nostalgia for both of these matches too. They both have things I love in them, and I I was thinking one for about two weeks, and then I switched it after two weeks so i had them both winning at some point um in king of the ring one of my favorite little understated things is after the match like perfect loses and they're both faces but it's not like this great match like they're both so competitive that perfect is really pissed that he essentially has lost two matches to brett now on tv with no wins and so he kind of forces himself to get in the ring and he does like a two-second handshake and immediately gets out. Like that's all he could muster was just that, okay, yeah, and then he leaves. And I thought that was just like great, you know, it shows how bad he wants it. And it made it to me seem like, okay, perfect's not less than Brett. It's just that Brett happened to, to get the win tonight, right? So I thought that was brilliantly done. SummerSlam 91 match, um, like you, Josh, I got a, probably an extra bit of nostalgia for that one. As good as the pre-match King of the Ring 93 promo is, because that was another big point in, that fav- uh, in favor of that one, at the end of the day, I went with the 91 match for one particular exchange. Like Piper and Heenan are arguing the whole match with Piper loving Brett and Heenan being Perfect's manager up until a month prior when Heenan retired. And... Piper offhandedly he says, like, he's been perfect, has been better in the last month than at any point in the last two years, which is when he was Jim. And he and she's back. I heard it was your parents who ran away from home. <laughs> I think that it's like, like, like a stop and he goes, I, I just heard that rumor. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I love it. So I'll, I'll go with SummerSlam 91 just because that's like my <laughs> yeah. exchanges of all time on commentary. Nice. We should just make mention of all of these. Um, there's no wrong answer in this bracket. 
from what yeah. the put together. Um, so yeah, it was. It's really hard to pick against a lot of these matches, except for this next one. This next one was pretty easy for me. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, dude. All right, you guys started out then, man. I this was hard for me. Yeah. So so we got Bob Backlund um, on Superstars uh, from 1994 uh, versus the One Two Three Kid, also from 1994, same month. Um, both. The uh, idea was that they're both great TV matches. Um, mm-hmm. From yeah, from my perspective, the one to three K match was way better. Um, I, I just, you know, it's funny because you get like Backlund at the end of his career and Kid at the very beginning of his, um, and it's just that amazing thing where Brett can work with anybody. You know? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I just thought it showed all of the promise that Kid had, and and Brett made him look like. I mean, I, I is it too like dramatic to say that Brett like really made him look? Well, that's what what Kid says. He says Brett Hart made my career. Oh man, that's awesome. I mean, <laughs> I, I yeah, I can totally see that him and Razor maybe, but like, yeah, I'm voting for for Raw. I also am voting for Raw. Um, I said at the beginning of the pod, I'm a big Waltman Mark. Uh, been a big, I was a fan his whole career, um, except for the you know X Factor. Didn't really love the Just Incredible stable. Um, but yeah, so Josh kind of makes the point of um, this is Sean when he's first like getting his feet underneath him. Yeah, he had the Razor match. But the Razor match was more just like his moment of like going over and being like, hey, I'm the new superstar here, guys. Welcome. I'm the new rookie white meat babyface. Um, and this was like, oh, by the way, I can do Muay Thai and I'm super athletic. And when Brett had those super athletic guys in the ring, it was like when he, Brett was at his best. And that's no disrespect to Bob Backlund. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a lot of like different strange moments in the backland match and like tyler actually pointed this out funny enough too where he's like there's like some awkward like transitions at times and just like kind of seemed like a little goofy at, at moments but like with waltman it's just this pure athleticism brett's brett gets to show off his athleticism while waltman shows off like hey man this is gonna be i'm gonna be the guy soon granted he goes to the nwo for a few years later um but i thought just like those two just like the way that they worked off each other was so good. And yeah, like Waltman said, he's like, Brett made my career. Um, and I think this is, this might be Waltman's, this might be Waltman's best match. Truthfully, I would have to go back and watch a lot. Like, um, but like, you know, him and Hunter was really good at backlash 99, but it wasn't this good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think off the top of my head, you know, like, and he had a real good match with Eddie Guerrero that I recall in WCW. Yeah. I had a match but killer. I think, I prefer the Brett match too. It's a fantastic match. And I think when Waltman says that, what he probably means is like, this was the match that sort of like solidified him with like, you know, the razor thing is like such a classic raw moment, but this was the match that I think was like, okay, he could beat anybody theoretically Mm because he almost beat Brett that match, like so many times. Mm -hmm. And you know, the champion, they always defer to the champion a lot. The champion can kind of call how a match is going to go sometimes. And the fact that if that was happening, Brett was like, this guy's great. We need to elevate him, bring him up. Let's do like a 25-minute match on TV. Like, that's a big deal, you know? So, but I picked the Bob back on that. <laughs> I think it's fascinating because Bret Hart wrestles a 70s Bob Backlund-style match. 
And it's up there with Bob Backlund's best matches, I think. So it was fascinating to me. Like even back then in 1994, I recorded this on VHS and I watched it so many times because like, man, this is just wrestling exchanges. You know, this you could tell this is a throwback era. This isn't the quote unquote new generation. And I loved it. So but like you were saying, zero problem with anybody winning here. I love that kid match. So, yeah, it's a great choice for a win. I think it's interesting we brought up, like, the best match of different people's career. Like, how many of these guys' best match of their career is with Brett? Like, you know. uh, You probably have more guys on the list who aren't having their best match with Brett in their career than are. That are on this list. I mean, like, Sean, perfect. And, like, everybody that we brought up so far. Kid. Bulldog. um, Bulldog, for sure. Um yeah, that's awesome. That's such a, Vince. a testament to. Yeah. I want to say it was Kevin Nash one time in a shoot interview. Some guy asked him, like, your two best matches of your career were probably both against Brett and Sean. And he kind of laughed and went like, you could take a five year period in wrestling and give that same soundbite to any of those guys. <laughs> 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 the Diesel vs. Razor for the Intercontinental title is hella good. I can't remember. Was that SummerSlam 94? Oh yeah, Regardless. SummerSlam 94. That is it's, a great match. It's killer. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, when we get to the best of Kevin Nash. <laughs> best yeah, of the I outsiders. guess we're forgetting yeah. uh, the fake Undertaker match with Diesel. <laughs> 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 um, speaking of people whose best matches are with Brett is Owen. Um, so yeah, Owen Hart, WrestleMania 10, mm-hmm. versus Wrestle, or Owen Hart, SummerSlam 1994. Um, obviously the theme is Owen. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, so what do you guys, what do you guys think? Alright, so I recently, I've been working on this year, my top 100 matches ever. I've been trying to watch the cagematch.com top 100 match ever list to kind of edited sliding some of those in but both of these matches are in my top 25 i'm pretty sure um yeah yeah they're just both so well done and this was the one i think where when i kind of had the idea to do this tournament deathmatch style it's like okay this could theoretically theoretically be the finals but it's more interesting to talk about the differences of these similar opponents right so the cage match is maybe the most scientific cage match of all time. It's just so interestingly worked, and they go like 30 minutes, and the post-match angle is amazing with like the horseman-style beatdown on Brett from Owen and Anvil. Uh, the entrance is... The, Brett's entrance is kind of epic, you know, just where he's got the fluid, he walks out, and he kind of looks down, then he looks up, and like the lights and the hearts are all flashing on him, and it looks really cool. And as much as I love that match, the WrestleMania 10 match to me did make my top 10 matches ever. It's complete art, and it's the crowning moment of Owen's career, and that kind of makes it hard to overcome. So I will, in a tough one, I'll go with WrestleMania 10. This uh, was maybe the first match of the bracket for me. Yeah, it was. I agree. Yeah, I also went WrestleMania 10. Um, just the finish and just being like, oh, crap, Owen won. Like, was so cool. And, like, 
after the match when Owen's like, I told you, Brett, I told you I'm the better brother. Like, it's just mm-hmm. freaking comedy. Um, so it's so, yeah, but like SummerSlam 94 um, is awesome. You know, like the, the superplex off the top of the cage. Here's yeah. what I talk about when he's like, how hard it was to do that because he's trying to protect his little brother. Is like oh, really shit. like as like someone who has siblings, obviously it's like, you know, you feel that like so way too close to the chest. But Mania 10 kind of being like Owen's big moment. You guys just did that. I think the first pot I did with you guys, if I the yep. one I produced yeah. you guys was Brett first Owen. And like yep. you have like that clip at the beginning where it's like Owen's like talking about how excited him and Brett are going for the tag titles together and just to kind of see like him build like the animosity towards his older brother and like I'm tired of being the little brother, I'm tired of being in your shadow. Um, so in like WrestleMania 10 being the culmination of that, yeah, man, a plus, so good. And the seeds they planted to get to that match were so long that in that first podcast, which is like an hour and a half or something, we don't even get to that match. We only get to the turn. Like they took so much time planting the seeds for that match. It was like a six months build to the first match. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It felt big. But Josh, what about you? Is it going to be a sweep? Yeah, it's a sweep. But I do really love that (laughs) cage match. I mean, this is, I felt like if we were doing seeds, like you said, I mean, there's no way these would be up against each other in the first round because they're two of his very best. And um, there's like nothing wrong with that SummerSlam or the the cage match. Um, I brought, uh, let me find it. So, you know, the immortal Dave Meltzer um, <laughs> gave the WrestleMania 10 match 4.75 stars and gave the cage match five stars. I think we, pro- I'm sure we talked about that when we were doing this show. Um, but I just thought that was interesting because he's only given Brett two five star matches. The other one is. We'll talk about later. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, it's just like what we're saying. We we all picked freaking Mania 10, but SummerSlam 94 is also like five stars. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I, I hate to see <laughs> one of Owen's matches go that early. I have Owen above Brett in my, my top 10 of all time, but that's probably just a little, you know, a little Sean... Mark Josh, stuff, did you but... uh, did you pre-order the Owen AEW figure? No, I didn't. I should have. I'm I'm going to. It's lazy. still out there for pre-order. Um, <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah, it's sure. still out there. I'm gonna pre-order for sure, just because it's Owen. Um, I just haven't yet, just because I spent a lot of money at Starcast. Yeah. Well, my... So. Yeah, go ahead, James. No, go ahead, Josh. Yeah. Well, mine was off topic. Go ahead. No, mine is too. Mine is too. <laughs> I was just saying my brother got us uh, second row seats for AEW this week. And I'm like beyond excited because I've never been nearly that close. Oh, and, that's great, uh, man. I was wondering if there'd be any <laughs> Owen stuff there because I'm like, it's a freaking 2022 and I'm excited about seeing if there's Owen Hart merch and the freaking <laughs> and what is going on. But, um, but yeah, so what were you going to say, James? Oh, well, I mean, you mentioned that you like Owen better than Brad, which you mentioned, um, you know, before on our podcast several times. I was wondering, since you just mentioned your brother, did you come out second as a twin? And that's like you relate to Owen Hart so much. I did come out second, but I think it's a bunch of stuff. I mean, it's, it's, (laughs) Owen is amazing. 
let's not forget yes. that mm-hmm. um i'm a sean guy so you know anything that i can just kind of poke at brett is fun i love brett to death i mean it's literally like five and six on my top 10 list or something but um the thing i think about owen hart all the time is just like what could have been i mean not to get all like bummer <laughs> But I'm just like, he, you know, he had everything and, and Brett, you know, being older and having the title and all that, like we didn't get to see, obviously the tragedy and stuff. We didn't get to see what really could have been. And so I, I kind of just think like, if, you know, all is fair (laughs) and, you know, wrestling, like we could have seen, like, I feel like Owen might've, I don't know if he would have surpassed him in like Vince's WWE where Brett was like the guy or whatever, but, um, but yeah, I just I just love him, and I love heels too. So that's, I mean, he was heel most of the time when um, they were together. So, but yeah, but Brett's great. I mean, come on, you're Brett and Owen like five and six in your list, and like having that history. That's like me with Rock and Austin, where I'm like, they're both so amazing, and like their stories don't happen without each other. So like, yeah, right. I, I totally understand that feeling. Yeah. I think I texted you guys. I was like, if you guys ever do Rock vs. Austin, just call me. I'll be there. Yeah. Dude, that, that'd yeah, be like a 20-parter. <laughs> yeah, it's such an interesting rivalry because it's like there's like the Rocky Maivia versus Stone Cold, and there's the Nation versus Stone Cold. And it's like, it's really cool, man. It's a great, great yeah. story. Gosh. Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited about all of that in that Book of Wrestling pod because he's touched on it here and there, but I don't, they haven't gone full uh, Rock and Austin yet. So... All right, uh, let's see here. Where do we got next? So we talked about Owen, and now we're talking about Bulldog. Um, He's been in the family. Now we're going to his brother-in-law. Right. So, yeah, so Bulldog SummerSlam 92 versus Bulldog in your house 5. Um, Josh, you want to go first on this one? I feel like this is literally just like a flip of the coin. Um I, I love them both. I think that, you know, it's just the whole nostalgia thing. The one that's slightly higher for me on that is In Your House. Um, but I I really love both of these. And I, and I think about, like, you know, just the whole thing with Brett. Like, <laughs> he can make anybody look good. I mean, is Bulldog, are Bulldog matches on anybody else's list of, you know, best matches ever, like, I doubt it, you know, um, and I love Bulldog, but I'm just saying, like, he's maybe Sean. But, I was going to say Sean, yeah, European title match. Yeah, but um, but he just made him look like a million bucks, and he made him look like, you know, a champion, obviously, in these two matches. Um, I think I'd, I'd give the edge to In Your House, but there's, there's no bad <laughs> winner here, so. What do you think, Tim? Um, I went SummerSlam 92, um, just, just because it's such a big match for me, uh, you know, like, and I love crowds and I love when crowds are really into shows and into matches and like into sporting events. Like, I think one of the things that made last night so cool for me was like during the Uso Street Profits match, just seeing a split stadium of people who, who they want to win. And this match has a lot of like that. And especially like it basically being like a home game for the Bulldog at Wembley Stadium just how awesome the crowd was. Uh, even that's that's even better. Like I thought that the crowd was better than the story of Diana and her husband versus her brother, which is an awesome dynamic you don't see too often in wrestling, obviously. Yeah. Um, but dude, just like the audience makes that match. The match is already incredible. I literally have a display in my basement 
of the their, their figures with the SummerSlam diorama. Um, it's just because it's one of my all-time favorite matches. So I do love In Your House 5, but man, SummerSlam 92 is so special to me. All right, so Tim, to go with your like wrestling action figures, that's one of your nerd things. Uh, you mm-hmm. have this amazing collection about that. If you need a background for your display, my nerd thing is uh, WrestleMania posters, right? And so the artist I like who does paintings of them every year, just for the first time ever, he did a SummerSlam poster this year, just one. And it's this amazing looking Brett vs. Bulldog poster. Good to know. Yeah, because uh, he did the thing yesterday at StarCast, but I didn't get to go uh, where he talked about the match because it's the 30 year anniversary coming up. Oh, so good, man. But yeah, yeah, I I had a really hard time. This is this is the second of, I think, maybe three where I had each match winning at some point. And I just like thought it over and I rewatched one of them. And there's this amazing moment in the Bulldog, the Bulldog match in the SummerSlam match where Bulldog hits his finisher, the running power slam, and Brett kicks out. And that had never happened on TV before, where somebody kicked out of that move, even going back to the 80s when he would use it as part of the tag team. And so um, Bulldog like gets exasperated. He puts his, both his, his face in both his hands. He doesn't know what to do. And he picks Brett up, and it just hits him like, I don't even know. And so just with one hand, just like pushes Brett just like out of the ring, like face first. It's just like F all this. Who who knows? What's it going to take? And I just love that moment from a baby face of just like complete exasperation. Like, ah, frick. What do I what now? What's the next move here? So that's all I really had to go on. I love both of them for different reasons because they were completely different. You know, the first one is kind of a face first face match. And the second one right. is, you know, heel face. And so it's a completely different dynamic. Um, the SummerSlam match where the awesome, amazing all time Brett spot where he does the Pescado or not Pescado, the uh, plancha, and he catches Bulldog from the back of his head and then slams him down like back yeah. over body. And then they marry that in the rematch where Brett tries the same thing and Bulldog catches him and does a running power slam outside of the ring. It's so good. <laughs> but I'll I'll give a SummerSlam also. This one was really close for me. Well, if you guys were wondering, Dave Meltzer gave in your house 4.5 stars and gave um, <laughs> SummerSlam 4.25. Oh. Which is interesting because it's also the same that they gave uh, the Iron Man match. So, Brett also, I mean, Meltzer also gave Brett for Sting at Mayhem 99 only two stars. And that match, <laughs> I will fight to the death. That match is far better than two stars. <laughs> touche. Touche. All right. So, yeah. So, next we did, uh, we did Owen, we did Brett. And next up we have, um, well, James, you might have to give the theme on this one, <laughs> but it's okay. Benoit. So, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So the theme of this one is, I thought it'd be fun to debate, like, what's more important to you on a rewatch? Is it like a classic match or a classic moment? So if you were just to pick something I'm going to rewatch, do you want to see, like, X thing happening or the action in X match? So 
what we have here is the Owen Hart tribute match, which is an amazing technical match between Bret Hart and um, Stephen Richards for University fans. <laughs> 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 or Bret Hart and Baltimore, if you prefer. Uh, but the other one is one of the best Bret moments of all time in a good, but you know, not like four star match or anything, but it's Bret versus Sid in the cage on Raw which features his promo that put Raw on a seven-second delay to this day when they do a live show where he just goes on this epic cusper tirade. And Sean comes down, and Sid comes down, and Taker comes down, and Austin comes down, and he pushes Vince and all kinds of nutty stuff that you had never seen on TV before. Man. It's a mess, yeah. it's, It's definitely a cluster. That's so good. <laughs> <Right>. um, <clears throat> yeah, that is a really difficult choice because I I would al- almost always go with just the match, you know. Um, and I think I probably will on this one. Um, I love that Owen tribute match. Um, but that is one of my... <laughs> favorite moments ever is his tirade but i guess i'm just thinking of the match itself i don't know that a, a match with sid is ever going to be the match with benoit but um yeah so i i'll go with the the nitro match uh, all right well i'll bring the split then because i get, yeah i rewatched that match for the first time i think since benoit since the murders and um Man, it's so it's taking into what we talk about our on our music pod sometimes, separating the art from the artist. I know, um, Josh, you're a bit of a proponent of that, right? Yeah, when you when you can. <laughs> okay. When you need yeah, this I one's can. a little trickier There's to do, but yeah, it's hard. But um, yeah, yeah. But Benoit, I'm, I'm always in favor of his matches are still amazing. I'm sorry, I, I know it's uncomfortable um but his matches are just ridiculously good so they are there i i I have a really hard time with benoit matches because he was like one of the few guys i would talk about i would just really talk up he was my favorite for a few years he was my favorite when that happened (laughs) and it's like man and so i hadn't watched the match since then but man it's so freaking good but i might be more of a moment guy if this is the litmus test, because if I were to just wake up tomorrow, I'd be like, dude, I want to see the sit. I, I want to see Sid, you know, kind of just do his thing. I want to see Brett shove Vince. I want to see him lose his crap. I want to see frustrated is run down. Word. Yeah, <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> so good. I just like the visual of like Brett in the ring, just like steaming breathing through his nose and the cage is like half down and it's like okay it feels like it feels like something is off you know because you never see the cage half constructed right like and so this is like post they're taking it down i love it all so much um so i'll go with the moment i'll go with brett versus sid i also went the moment it was very hard because um you know, like I have a really hard time with Benoit stuff, obviously, because it's terrible. Um, 
But like, it's still cool. Like in the moment before, obviously we know anything's going to happen. Um, he comes out in the Owen t-shirt and that's a really new cool moment. I think at the time, Benoit may have been the United States champion. I think so. He's got the belt over his shoulder and comes yeah. out and they have like the really cool stuff. But yeah, like just the, something like that. If you know, to kind of pick it back off James, this is kind of one of those moments. A lot of people say was like kind of the start of the attitude era was like, this is when like, you know, and this goes back to what we were saying earlier, Josh, when you were like, we were joking about Brett and promos, like when Brett shoots, He's incredible on the mic. He's and the this was, yeah, and this was like, you know, this was the ultimate shoot of like, you know, everything he said and all his frustrations coming out. And um, yeah, and like 97 Brett is like the freaking man. And like, you know, we're going to talk. I know the next one of the uh, ones we have here in a, in a couple regions are two great 97 matches. Um, but man, like just that moment and him like taking it all in and just like letting it all out and just telling like how he's feeling and like shoving Vince and just the classic, this is bullshit. It's just like a total awesome moment that like, I'll just never forget. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd, I'd call that a mild upset. Um, I would too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Josh, dude, we got tag team matches next. Yeah. So we have the, Brain Busters, um, excited to be in their first ever tournament of best matches ever. Um, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Arn was incredible now. Let's be real here. Arn and Tully, you're, you're trash of them. Can I tell a Tully story real quick? Yeah. Please. I, I hate taking Tully. over you guys' show, but like, it just it's it's in my head. So yesterday I went on waiting to meet Dan Housen. Tully's right next to me because uh, he's doing like the obviously the Horsener signing. Um and Tully, like, I didn't get a chance to meet him. I didn't talk to him just because he had to pay and I was running out of cash. Um, <laughs> but seeing him interact with fans was incredible. He was awesome. He was so nice to every single person. Um, and, you know, the last glimpse we just got of Tully was when he was on AEW. Um, you know, Sean Spears' manager and part of Pinnacle. And he plays, like, the the rough heel manager, which he's really good at. But just seeing him, like, there was one younger gentleman who was disabled and had to have a service dog and Tully got a picture with him and the dog, like with his arms around the kid and the dog. And I was like, that's freaking cool. So that's amazing. I had to make sure I gave some reference that Tully Blanchard, though he played one on TV really is a good person. Yeah. Dude. And Tully on TV, he was like, I felt like the best casual douche of his day. <laughs> Incredible at it. Incredible. Yeah. He just so like nonchalantly would just say these like the onion that website has this great article where the title of it is like area asshole admits to being an asshole in grand supreme asshole move. (laughs) I feel like that's kind of Tully Blanchard, you know, just kind of casually going now, maybe if you were taking care of business to some snot nosed six year old, maybe this wouldn't have happened. About, like some guy who missed the match because he was worried about his kid being sick. <laughs> so good, so good. All right, but Josh, you, your brain buster hate aside, um, man, I'm shocked. I've never heard that before. That's awesome. Um, again, I mean, he it's up against Owen. So yeah, it's it's Brett. The other one is Brett and Owen versus the Steiners. Um. It's from the Heart and Soul DVD, if you're trying to find yep. it. Um, yep. 
And yeah, these are two teams that had bigger runs in WCW. Yeah. Hall of Famers. And what oh, do you yeah. say, Tim? Both Hall of Famers now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both deserve it. All right. Um, I love both these matches personally. Um, and they're worked differently, you know, the face versus face thing. Brett Nowen versus Steiners to me was like the fully realized version of a more famous match, which is the Steiners versus Sting and Lex Luger. And what it is, essentially, it's like every guy does their best moves. And that's they just kind of take turns doing all their best moves, all their best single moves, all their best tag team moves. And then they have these really cool exchanges. But instead of being like a 10-minute match like the Sting and Luger thing is, it's like a 25-minute match where they... I'm pretty sure just went to somebody and said, like, hey, can we have a match? You can put it on one of the VHS tapes. And somebody just went, sure, why not? That sounds great. And they had what to me is like a five-star match. So as much as I love, and I do love SummerSlam 89, that opening match between the Busters and the Hart Foundation, I'm going with the Owen match, too. Brett Owen versus the Steiners. Well, I guess I lost here. I went with the Brain Busters. Um... And my buddy also, when I asked his advice, also went with the Brain Busters. But, you know. So what were you guys thinking about that? Um, I think just kind of the way, you know, kind of the way, like, it's tag team excellence. Um, don't be wrong. The Steiners are, too. Um, but, like, you're so used to, like, the Heart Foundation and, like, all these feuds. And um, I felt like the Brain Busters was kind of like their underrated one because, you know. I think SummerSlam 90, you get them in demolition, um, mm-hmm. and which is really good. Um, you know, you got and like, I really like that match a lot, but the Brain Busters is the one that's kind of like always overshadowed. So maybe I'm just trying to give Oli and I mean, Natalia and Arn their flowers here um, mm-hmm. because Arn is the greatest spine buster of all time. Yes, Hunter yeah. Helmsley, I said that. Um, <laughs> but I think like, I just felt like that was just kind of just so killer. And um, the Brain Busters kind of gave that like assassin s vibe when they like had matches where they just like beat the hell out of people. And sometimes you need that in a show. Sometimes you just kind of need that like match. It just feels like a pure fight. And they brought that all the time. They really did. They really did. Um, if any of you listening are newer fans, the Brain Busters are sort of like the beta version of the revival. First time yes. from like day one, back when, yeah. you know, FTR now, the revival, before they even had the name, the revival, you could watch them and you would think they're telling an art, they're modern telling an art because this style of like not quite cheating, but just outsmarting the ref and kind of using underhanded tactics more than foreign objects and things like that. That's all brainbuster stuff, you know. They would have to do things to get the ref position in a certain way, and then they would double team behind his back. And it was a different style, and nobody had done it since then. So, um, it, and I think that's why people love the revival. It's like this is fresh, and it was fresh then too, you know. Seven star FTR. <laughs> <laughs> but they lose. Yeah, they lose. <laughs> Josh, did, gotta, how, much, how did you like the Steiners match? Well, I, I was going to say, I actually, to be fair, did not watch either of these matches um, because I, I had seen them before, but I was going off memory. Um, I don't have the uh, Brett Matt or the Brett DVD that you're referring to. 
um, and just ran out of time. But um, you guys have convinced me I'm going to go back and watch the Brain Busters uh, SummerSlam 89 match. So I don't know that it would have changed my vote. Um, Brett and Owen together in a tag team is hard to beat, and I love the Steiners as well. Um, so I, I probably would still go with that. But but you're right. I mean, the, the bigger run in WCW – too is the thing because i i love steiner's wcw that's that's pretty classic um but but yeah so um i don't think we have anything to worry about because it'll probably lose to our next <laughs> um <laughs> so the undertaker um some people call a good wrestler uh with one night only 1997 uh, versus undertaker SummerSlam. Uh, 1997. So, yes, it's two Taker matches. Was this the same feud, James? I cannot remember. Uh, yeah, but I'm assuming. Yeah, the title match, then the rematch in England at one night only. I yeah. just heard Taker talking about these matches, so this is kind Ooh. of funny. Yeah. Oh wow! Okay, so what was he saying at Starcast about him? Uh, actually, this was at his one-man show. Uh, oh, sorry, he did. Yeah, so Taker like. Uh, so I don't know if people know. Undertaker did well on Friday night. He did. It was called Undertaker's One Dead Man Show. Um, and they filmed it as a special for Peacock. Like, literally, I kid you not, guys, I walked in the, the club bar that he was doing it at. I had to put my phone in this, like, baggie and lock it to where, what? like, if I opened it, like, some little know. alarm would go off and I'd be exited out of the show. Like, they were, I guess, like, they were pretty serious about it. Like, Ben Brown came out and was like, hey, if I see with your cell phone, you're out of here kind of thing. So... Mm-hmm. Um, but he he talked a lot about SummerSlam 97, which spoiler alert, I'm picking SummerSlam 97 um, and just kind of like he talked about how Brett was the ultimate guy to work with. And we've talked about this a ton already. He's like, there wasn't anything in the ring Brett couldn't do. And Brett and I just had this unbelievable chemistry. He's like and like the things that like I could throw at Brett and he could find a way to like counter and manipulate and things like that to make it look like he was really working me was really cool. Um, and like I never had to worry about anything with Brett because he was always going to do the right thing. And one night only is incredible. Um, this is also yeah. the night Shawn Michaels beats the Bulldog for the European title, um, which is also a killer match. Um, but SummerSlam '97 with the Shawn Michaels angle, where Shawn Michaels has to begrudgingly do the three count because he accidentally hits Taker with a chair, and kind of also the importance of wrestling is kind of going here because this is what leads to Hell in a Cell where but since Shawn Michaels beats Taker in Hell in a Cell, he gets the match to Survivor Series with Bret Hart, which is obviously Bret's last match in WWF. So um, that's kind of what led to me to go with uh, SummerSlam 97. Yeah, that historical significance. Um, yeah, SummerSlam 97 is... Josh and I, we've, we've talked about this before. It's maybe one of our, each of us, favorite match endings ever, right? Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, which way are you going on this one? Yeah, I struggle because I do I agree with that, but uh, one night only is just weirdly uh, nostalgic uh, for me, but probably more from the Sean angle. Um, so I did end up going with SummerSlam on this one, but I do love them both, and um, yeah, I love Brett and Taker together. Um, I, I remember the I think it's from a comic book i mean it was everywhere i guess and wwe magazine and stuff but somewhere i had um an ad for this match uh summerslam match 
um, hanging up in my room, which is was weird. Iconic. A lot of real estate <laughs> with Sean in my room, but um, yeah, I had this. I, I can just picture it, you know, that purple and and pink yeah, or man. whatever. Um, so yeah, so I'm going with SummerSlam. It's 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 more classic, and they are pretty pretty close as far as match quality, but uh, given the edge to SummerSlam. All right, so yeah, SummerSlam is going to advance. I I love both these matches. They're both five stars to me. I think one, and we could have, it crossed my mind, like, when we were picking, like, maybe I should try to do, like, four taker matches, because the Rumble match is really good, mm-hmm. and the Raw yeah. match is good, too. Uh, I think one night only is the better match, quote-unquote, but the SummerSlam yeah. 97 ending is so iconic, and it's only a better match by a tiny bit. So I'm going with SummerSlam. SummerSlam is one of my favorite all-time matches, just because the match is great, and that ending is really special. Yeah, and I, I've thought about, like, recently, um, you know, my brother's back on his wave of being into wrestling. And the thing that I feel like that keeps coming up for me is just loving, like, really good booking, <laughs> which is just kind of like a stupid, like, uh, meta thing to care about when you're watching wrestling. But I'm like, oh, that was really good because it puts, you know, both of them over or whatever it is. Um, and, yeah, like you said, the SummerSlam 97 ending is just ridiculously good booking. Um not to take anything away from actual Brett and Taker, too, but yeah, it's got it all. Speaking of so. good booking, um, you know, we're in Triple H world now. SummerSlam last night was one of the best book pay-per-views in years, probably. It was, you know, some people were calling it SummerSlam Takeover, I saw. <laughs> I didn't crazy. see that. Oh, yeah. Wow. And so I will say one night only to me is like a takeover level show it's two hours 45 minutes every match is stupidly good it's just such a well wrestled show it's if canadian stampede is the show of the year for 1997 one night only i think is a easily number two it's just really really good owen versus vader is on that show yep uh, the headbangers have a way better match than they are ever entitled to have. <laughs> it's all <laughs> good. Triple H and uh, Mick Foley have a really good match on that show, too. Like, it's oh, really yeah. good down the card. Yeah. Sean Bulldog's incredible. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Flair, uh, shocking everyone, Flair bladed in his last match and <laughs> won- went over by putting the figure four on oh, Jarrett man. for the finish. Oh, oh my God. Did he yeah. flip over the turnbuckle? Was he able to do it? I don't know that part. Bleach Report just popped up with a notification that said, 73-year-old pro wrestling legend uses signature figure form move to end career with a win. <sighs> and he wrestled in a t-shirt, so, as, you know. As if you had to guess who it was. Right, let's, let's, at least you had to guess who went over. Um, wow, I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> me neither. So was that Jeff Jarrett last night, literally just to like remind everybody that he had a match coming up? I mean, I was I haven't been watching Raw lately, but I was like, why is Jeff Jarrett here? Especially um, for this match, Nashville. He signed. Yeah, they were in Nashville. He just signed back. Okay. But I mean, the best detail is when he walked to the ring, he walked out to the uh, instrumental of "With My Baby Tonight," not <laughs> not the "Don't Piss Me Off" music. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, I, as far as I remember, Jeff Jarrett is not on our tournament tonight. Um, so <laughs> I mean, NWO Black uh, NWO 2000 is not on here. What? 
It just missed it. Just just missed, missed it. it. Okay. Among like the um, the the Bret Hart Hollywood Hogan tag matches. Yeah, James <laughs> didn't have any uh, a second match for Jeff Jarrett to go up against, so there was. No I understand. Team. I understand. <laughs> I think Jeff Jarrett's going to appear in one of our best match tournaments, unless we do the best Jeff Jarrett match tournament. <laughs> I don't know. I got a best of Hakushi matches that I've got uh, just waiting in the wing. That Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> so we, those were what we could have picked. It, it would have been fun to do like a best Brett versus Mid Carter in '95 thing yeah. with oh, Hakushi and Jean Pierre Lafitte. Yeah, I as a match, but we didn't do Hakushi match. But um, okay, so yeah. So next up, the the Hall of Famer that we mentioned before, Diesel, better known as Kevin Nash, Super uh, Shredder. <laughs> Super Shredder, um, Survivor Series 1995 um, versus Diesel Rumble 1995. Um, That's the, the big man bracket. Four matches with yeah. Brett, Taker, and Diesel. Yeah, James, you put so much thought into this, man. You did. This it. is impressive. I love it. All right, James, what do you got on this one? All right, so. Diesel, again, they just had freakishly good chemistry together. Uh, the King of the Ring match is not on this tournament. That's another one that's great. And their cage match isn't bad. You know, it's okay. But these two, I think, are easily the best. And I love that Rumble match. I love the whole sports entertainment aspect with all, like, the three run-ins and the ref finally throws it out after restarting the match yeah. twice. But Rump, uh, Survivor Series 95... I love the pre-match promo. I love the entrances. I love the post-match. And it is my favorite match those two ever had. So everything about it is just a huge win for me. I'm going Survivor Series. Mm. Uh, Tim, what about you, man? This was hard. Um, I had to definitely like look at Tyler's notes for this one because I went back and forth as well. Um, this is, these are more from memory, so I haven't watched them in re- like recently. Um but I probably will. So I did kind of remember more of Rubble 95 where like Brett is like making Diesel look like a million bucks majority of the match and um, does like heelish things, but is not, you know, doesn't ever go heel uh, to kind of like try to make Diesel look more and more credible. Um, But yeah, Survivor Series, the no holds barred stipulation, um, you know, the finish is excellent. So... I really enjoy that part of it, but you know, Diesel, when Diesel goes for the jackknife and gets and break, gets the roll up is like a great ending. Um, I think I, yeah. So, all right. On the spot right now in this moment, I think I will go. I think rumble 95 is a better match. So I'm going to go better match. Yeah. And I got to contradict myself. I said Jeff Jarrett wouldn't appear in one of these tournaments. <laughs> he does a run-in in the Rumble 95 match. So. Yep. Yeah. And he uh, is going to advance because I love <laughs> the Rumble 95 match. Okay. Uh, I mean, of course, James picks the one where Brett goes over, you know, freaking <laughs> Mark over here. Um, <laughs> and I actually, you know, from the podcast, James, I usually am not a fan of, like, draw no contest schmas nonsense endings um but i do like this this rumble one um like we said the three different times um i mean i like them both uh i kevin nash or diesel sorry is such a 
a strange kind of wrestler to look back on because you're just kind of like, was he good? <laughs> um, but then so- sometimes you're like, uh, yeah, he was amazing. Um, so it just kind of depends on the match. And of course, with Brett, it, it, you lean uh, the way of that he was amazing. Um, and really these couple years where I feel like, you know, he was on top. Um, the Taker feuds, the NWO stuff that he gets into, all that stuff is it's just so classic. Um, so, yeah, so I'm going with Rumble. Okay, Rumble advances. Kevin Nash might be one. Uh, there's a writer I like, Scott Keith, and he has something called the Davy Boy Smith rule, which mm. is when a wrestler can have good matches with mostly anybody, but can only have great matches with somebody if their last name is either Hart or Michaels. Yeah. I think Kevin Nash is one of those. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Can I? Can I yeah, go ahead. Can I throw a guilty pleasure match in? Please, of course. Nash Triple H Hell in a Cell is like much better than it's given credit for. It is much better than it's given credit for. Gosh darn it! You're okay. way right about that. <laughs> so what? What is that from? Because I need to watch that then. Because I. I'm definitely on the the heart bulldog whatever rule that you were talking about. Um, Bad Blood 2003. <laughs> Bad Blood 2003. Okay. It's really good, yeah. Yeah. And it's got Mick Foley as the special ref, so that's points in its favor, too. The lead into it's yeah. so good because it's um, it's when Austin's the GM, and like they do a spot at the end of the match where like a, a, like a Raw where Nash just beats the hell out of him and Hunter's like laying on the top of the uh, entrance ramp and Austin just comes out, like rolls out in his chair and he's like, you Nash, how to sell it just leaves. And it's like, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> nice. <sighs> All right. Yeah. So next up we have um, Brett versus Rowdy Rowdy Piper, uh, WrestleMania eight um, versus Flair, 1992. Uh, smack 'em, whack 'em. <laughs> yeah, so um, this, um, it's been said by some that Starcade was the precursor to WrestleMania. So these are the two guys that won in the two most significant matches yeah. from the first Starcade. So that's where this grouping came from. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's a hell of a grouping, so, by the way. Yeah, thank you. James, right. what do you think? What do you think? Dude, Brett Piper is one of my favorite matches ever. So even though the Flair matches where Brett wins his first world title, I I was there live for the Piper match, so I'm probably hugely biased. But again, Piper was my favorite back then. I I love the story they tell. Um, and again, to me, quote unquote, it's five stars just because the psychology is so fun. They don't ever say they're welcome. Everything they do has a point. It makes sense. They never lose the narrative, and then they finish the match. So I'm going mm. with Brett Piper. I'm also John, on Brett Piper. Oh, you too, Tim. All right, cool, cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Clean sweet. Yeah, it's a hell of a fight. It's like a really fun match. Piper was so stiff that like it like worked so well, like how hard he hit you in matches. Um, and like you can kind of see it in this one. And uh, personal-wise, you know, back in the day when I actually trained to be a wrestler, didn't last too long. Um, the okay. referee in this match was Roger Ruffin, who was my trainer. Really? Nice. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's amazing. And I didn't know you trained to be a wrestler before. Didn't last long. I mean, I should have known it when we got into that bar fight and you grabbed the steel chair and whacked the guy in the back. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then I gave him a I gave him a suplex off the bar. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that was the best. Yeah. <laughs> did Did he talk about this match at all? Did you? Yeah. Ask him or... Yeah. Wow. He um. So like, I was like the geek that like. So when I was like training, was like the whole like don't talk about wrestling wrestling era of trainees, which is like so stupid. Like you know, it was like if you came and talked about what happened on Raw the night before, like you like gotten like people were like against it for some reason. What? But that's so dumb. <laughs> Yeah, so he re- so he worked that night. He worked this match, and he kind of talked about just like working with Brett and how easy it was. Um, but he also worked that night. He worked uh, Michaels versus Tito Santana. Um, nice, good match. Yeah, so it was like uh, you know he wasn't like he didn't go into detail. He's just like yeah, he's like working with Brett was easy. Brett made everything easy when you were like were in the ring with them. So it was cool. Oh, that's awesome. Freaking a. <sighs> That's worth the price of admission. So, Tim, when you were training, what was the coolest move you could perform? I'll I'll tell you this one. I'll tell you this story because it's funny. Um, So, you know, I was like literally I was 19 years old. Like I got out of high school. I was very immature. I was just like I learned how to do a Rana. And that was like really cool to me. Um, But the thing I kept telling everybody I really wanted to do was a cloverleaf. But you know how everyone who did the Cloverleaf named it after where they were from. So like Eddie Guerrero had the lasso from El Paso. Like and uh, you know, even Seamus, I think, had like what was it, the Irish curse, I think it was called. Um mm. I wanted to do it and call it the Cincinnati bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh. Yeah, that's amazing. People Don't did not get a good laugh that out of that is. one. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. You would have fit in in the Attitude Era with that one. Wouldn't sure. I? Yeah, for sure. Right? <laughs> I would have been like... Russo would have pushed you to the moon. Yeah, like <laughs> me and Gilbert would have been on Sunday Night Heat and... I can see it. I can I can imagine you creating that in a 2K game. <laughs> Man, that could be a whole separate podcast. How crazy yeah. I've gotten into this WWE 2K this year. It's been like my favorite <laughs> game probably since No Mercy. Nice. Really? Wow. Yeah, it's really good. Quote Nicholas Cage, that's high praise. I did notice, I took notes on this Piper match. There's a lot of similarities to the Austin match that we'll talk about later. I was curious if that was, I don't know if that's a thing, like if people have talked about it before, but there's a lot of like, you know, it's all about respect. there's the bloody kind of challenger thing in it. There's some bell shenanigans. I thought it was pretty cool um, just watching those, just happen to watch them, you know, in succession or whatever. So um, that was cool. And I love, you know, that Piper match is awesome. So glad it moved on. Um, let's see. Here. Also, that Piper match revealed that Bret Hart's mother only put one slice of bologna on her bologna sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Things you need to pick up watching wrestling. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, so next up we have the Savage Steamboat Showdown. So Steamboat 1986, which is on Peacock as old school. Um, March, March, March of that year. Um, and Savage from Saturday Night Main Event, um, 1997, a year later. So... Yeah, 
This was hard. Yeah, it was was really hard. Yeah, this was the WrestleMania 3 matchup. Some people say that WrestleMania 3 is the event that made WrestleMania what it was, like in the modern era. So, yeah, this is sort of Starcade versus WrestleMania was this four-match bracket here. Mm. And, of course, Steamboat Savage being the match of the year, match of the night at WrestleMania 3. Um, Super good. Still holds up. Still holds up. This was hard here for you. It was, man. Um, so Randy is my like, you know, I say Brett's my favorite of all time and Brett, you know, but like Randy is my like when I want to like be in a good mood, I'll watch Savage matches and Savage promos um, when I've got so like good. downtime just because like Savage was like the fir- like Hogan was obviously so good at selling like shows and selling his matches. But Savage was so like the first guy really that I remember that was so good at not only like selling the match, but working the match at the same time. Like you would see him like. You know, Ted DiBiase, you know, this is the night that I take over and I'm going to take you down. Oh, yeah. And you're like, OK, yeah, he's going to do it. And you watch and you're like, that was freaking awesome. Um, yeah. We're like Hogan was just like, I'm going to pick you up and slam your brother and the crowd's yeah. going to go crazy. And they did. So like, um, you know, just kind of the technicality. So but to me. Brett and Steamboat are the two best technical wrestlers I've ever seen. Okay. Uh, and the things that those two could do. And like Steamboat, like Steamboat was like obviously the ultimate baby. He's like literally was never a heel. I think until like I think he played a heel in Ring of Honor, but he wasn't an active worker. Obviously, I think he was like feuding with Punk, actually, if I remember correctly. But it was like he was sending guys to work Punk. Um, Josh might know that better than I do. I'm not 100 mm-hmm. percent certain I'm correct on that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, but Steamboat and Brett was just like so good. I wish we had gotten more of them together um steamboats run as the wcw tv champion is one of my favorites so i love randy randy is one of my like randy might be my two behind brett but it's just really hard to turn down a steamboat versus bret hart match all right one vote for ricky steamboat uh josh are you gonna split so yeah so i'm on the same page as savage um my Brother and I have made it a, a tradition now to get tattoos on our birthday because uh, we're twins. And this year we had thought about getting wrestling tattoos. We're not. But when we thought we were, I was going to get a Savage tattoo. Um, oh, my gosh. That would have been awesome. So much. And um, But the thing is, <laughs> I rewatched them, and this Steamboat match is just ridiculous. I, I, Why well, I say rewatch, I don't know that I've ever seen this Steamboat match. Um and I was just blown away. I was just like, oh, this is so good. Uh, there's there's something about seeing Brett, like, not at his peak yet. Um, yeah. But but just seeing him, like, like it was all there. Like, yeah. ridiculously good for how young he is in this. I mean, it's, like, uh, unfair, like, how good he is in this. I mean, Cena, like, all the people that are great when they were really young, like, the couldn't hold a candle like he's just stupid good um and it's just interesting seeing him not you know when he when he was um champion or even just a baby face like he would always just blow through guys and like he doesn't get the atomic drop you know on this match and it's like whoa that's interesting you know you just don't see that every day um so i i I was just i love this match um so i went with steamboat in this one Sorry, Savage. That's <laughs> painful, man. Eliminating Randy Savage is hard. I know. 
Yeah, Tim, I'm like you. Watching Randy Savage promos are a very happy thing for me to do. I his 80s stuff, especially like oh, I brought this the wastebasket out because I'm in the WWF and Hulk Hogan and Tito Santana are nothing but garbage. And that is why. <laughs> one of the Savage figures I have is the cream of the crop promo. And it literally has him holding a creamer. Gosh. <laughs> That's amazing. As good as that one is, I think my favorite Savage promo is the one where Mean Gene and Elizabeth start having casual conversation, like cutting them off. And he just sits there steamy, <laughs> like having this friendly banter. I think mine's WrestleMania 5 when he's like, Hulk Hogan, I hate you. Oh, so good, man. Hogan holding the ropes for Elizabeth because you're trying to show the world what yeah. a gentleman I'm not. <laughs> Tune in next time for our Savage best Savage ever. promos bracket. Yes. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be really fun. I think you got a, a winning idea there that we need to do. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be easier for the listeners. You know, they can knock out. 1632 promos in a couple hours, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going with the Steamboat match too. When the top 100 project I'm doing, my favorite 100 matches, when I just had it down originally off the top of my head, the Steamboat Brett match was on it. And I love it so much. As good as that Savage match is, like I'm with Josh. It's just crazy. It's almost unfair to look back and think, man, he was this good even when. Heart Foundation were like mid-level heel tag team, you know. So, like, imagine if he had a personality back then, you know, like it would have been game over. But <laughs> oh, man. how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of personalities, we got Yokozuna uh, versus Brett. Uh, main WrestleMania ten. Um. <laughs> Versus Razor Ramon for real personality, <laughs> no joke. Uh, Rumble '93, um, and you wrote here, James, the new generation kind of matchup here. Yeah, this is also uh, matches where Brett was, you know, involved in the title picture. Yeah, new generation. I think this is the weakest matchup of the bracket. Yeah. Um, I I really am not a big fan of that Brett Yoko match. But the moment with it is amazing. So I'll go Brett Yucko. It's where Brett kind of was solidified as like, okay, he's the guy. It's where he got big win at WrestleMania 10. Um, Josh, how about you, man? Well, I'll split um, because uh, being an Owen fan, (laughs) I was mad. Um, Like, come on. You can't let him have one night. Um, And (laughs) so, yeah, so I'll go with Razor. uh, Definitely. Of the two, I prefer that one. So it's a good match. It is that Razor match is good. Yeah. All right, Tim. How about you, man? Got to keep the outsiders thing going. So I went Razor. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> Just super, super technical, and like you know, talk about like this is like kind of like when people talk about Razor matches, it's always like Sean and like stuff like that, like you know Henning. Uh, Diesel. It's like you know this match is pretty freaking awesome and uh, yeah. one of one of Razor's finest. So I really like the Brett Razor match at King of the Ring too. They had another yeah. good. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that didn't make our list, but 
Um, um, we should have traded out that Yoko match. The variety was good. Oh, uh, that would have been cool. Yeah, Razor versus Razor. We had to make room for Bill Goldberg. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Monday Night Nitro um, versus Austin uh, in your house. Yeah. Um, this four-way bracket was the Monday Night Warriors bracket. So we had Austin and Goldberg and then Scott Hall and Yokozuna. Nice. Yeah, so I, I'll go. I, I, If you would have asked me if I would have ever voted for a Goldberg match over an Austin match, I would have thought you were high. Um, <laughs> but I think I nominated this. This is just a weird, like, one of my favorite Brett moments. Um, it was like, you know... Uh, I, I wouldn't say past his prime, but definitely past his like heyday in WWE. Obviously, he moves on WCW, and you think like uh, I don't know what they're gonna do with him. He was kind of floundering or whatever, and I just felt like this is like okay, Brett can still do cool stuff. Um, and I wasn't a fan uh, of Goldberg, and so it was really cool watching this. And I I just will just randomly think of this and just watch it, <laughs> you know on. Uh, on whatever network. Um, so yeah, I, I love this one. In Your House is cool. Anything with Austin is always great. Um, but I'll go with Goldberg on this one. All right, cool. All right, Tim, what about you? Can't pick a Goldberg match overall, you know, <laughs> especially when Bret Hart's involved. It's because of him that we didn't get three more years of Bret Hart matches. Touché. We don't. When the invasion happens, there's no Bret comes back, which he probably wouldn't have at that time anyway. Um, Probably would have saved the invasion angle because that could have been so good and it just floundered, um, as we all know. But, you know, and we'll kind of get to this quite a bit the rest, like for a few of like these uh, Austin matches that I know we're going to talk about throughout this. But just something about like them just kind of like because it's kind of like their first huge moment. And then you obviously, you know, we've got Survivor Series, we've got WrestleMania 13 and stuff like that. But um, seeing Watching this is kind of like before Austin is like number one T-shirt selling Stone Cold Steve Austin and like seeing his like angry walk when he was still like, I know I'm, a, I'm like a heel. I'm a psychopath. It's super dope. And like him and Brett just worked, obviously, being the brawler versus the technician has always been really fun where Goldberg was just like, you know, like Josh said, I was never a huge Goldberg guy. Just wasn't. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if we heard more stories about how Goldberg really did injure some people. You know, like, I don't know, Undertaker? Yeah. <laughs> he almost killed him. Jeez. <sighs> did Taker talk about that at the show? He did not. Um, he's talked about it on the Broken Skull sessions, and he talked about it on his, like, uh, that big doc series he did. Um, oh, yeah, that was so good, by the way. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't blame Bill, but, like... Yeah, he's also like, you know, if that goes wrong, I'm probably dead. Like, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, there's a lot of those in, in his career where one yeah. half to the left or right, you know, how to sell different things. Well, that's oh, why yeah. the, the dead fully man. Hits that mo- yeah, fully hits that monitor. <laughs> We're having a different conversation about that. Moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What the heck? All right, James, you're the tiebreaker. All right. So I. I know, talk about how much I love the little things sometimes. For that Goldberg match, it ends with the reformation of the NWO. That's like the big angle attached to it. And I love that that stemmed from like something two months prior where Kevin Nash, you know, had been gone for a couple of months to bring him back. And just in his first promo, Bean Gene 
ask him something like, so what have you been doing with your time lately? He goes like, oh, I'm thinking about getting the band back together. He's like, well, what do you mean get the band back there? He's like, don't worry about it. It's just a thought or something like that. And then they, you know, just simmer on that. They'll revisit it casually on commentary every three, four shows, you know, just something like he's been wanting to get the band back together, whatever that means to him. And then, you know, they do this angle. They all screw Goldberg. Nash is out there. Hall's out there. Scott Steiner. Jeff Jarrett, second time in this oh. <laughs> tournament, is out there. And then Nash ends the whole thing by saying, the band is back together. And the place just, like, pops. And they do the NWO on the speaker. It's really cool. I love the kickoff, Vince Russo, Russo, for all the crap that he takes, he could write one amazing chapter one. His chapter ones are stupendous. Everything after that generally is bad. <laughs> but he could get the mid-card over better than maybe any other writer of the last 20 years. He could get the mid-card over, and uh, he could write a heck of a chapter one whenever he had to hit the reset button. But I really love that Austin in your house match. Um, I had I had never seen it up until uh, a few years ago. I was trying to watch, go through like the pay-per-views I hadn't seen. And that one kind of blew me away. Like, I don't know why, because the Mania match is great. Survivor Series match is great. I had just never bothered with the In Your House one. And I thought it was fantastic. So I'm... And it may have been that in your house, which was kind of cool. So I'm going to go with the Austin in your house match. And like Tim said, before the T-shirts, before he set the world on fire, it's cool kind of seeing him in like, this was his first pay-per-view after WrestleMania 13, after the official babyface turn, quote-unquote babyface. Mm. So it's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Well, I'm fine with it. You know, Goldberg not moving on. It's all right. So. <laughs> yeah, I think we can all live with that. Um, next it's up, we have the matches. Yeah. Yeah, with Canadian Stampede um, versus the Final Four in your house. Um, like you said, both with Austin, these are kind of the the big tag or whatever, you know, kind of unique matches uh, with Austin. What do you yeah. think here, James? Dude, I, I love both these matches, and it's Gosh, so many of these are really hard for me. If so, a lot of times, like match wise, they're a lot, they're really different and they're both really fantastic. So it's kind of this like little, what are the intangibles for me? And the entrance to the Canadian Stampede match where it starts out with the Brian Pillman and the house just goes, you know, they bring the house down for Pillman's entrance. But then it gets louder as the next four members of the team each get introduced one by one to the point where when Brett comes out, like, I'm pretty sure the building is shaking from how loud they're screaming at that point. It's goosebumps for me. So because of the entrance moment, I'm going with Canadian Stampede, the 10-man tag. Who else wants to go next? Tim, what you think? I also went with the Canadian Stampede. Um, The moment is just so awesome. And this is after the babyface turn. So like for Austin. So this is mm-hmm. like dirt to like this is during the time when Brett's only a babyface in Canada and the rest of the world he's a heel. Um so kind of seeing like you know, there's that raw where he comes out, he's like, I really want to thank you all for letting me be your hero in Canada. And he's you know, still like rips at the United States and you get this moment. 
Um, it's just so good. And of course the end when Stu and the whole family comes in the ring and celebrates with everyone, Martha's in there, um, is awesome. Um, yeah, man, the, like Josh said, the pop is just unreal and it works so well just seeing like, um, like Austin, like just targets Brett throughout the whole match. Like, it's like, yeah, he's in there with Owen. Yeah, he's in there with Pillman. But the whole time he's like got his eyes on Brett. And like, that just makes it like a really fun <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. This match is like, I, I don't want to say peak Pillman from like a performance standpoint. But as far as Pillman, see, like being able to viscerally see like, oh, my gosh, he loved being a pro wrestler. He's having the time of his life out there, like getting to do his heel stuff, but getting cheered like crazy for it, you know? Like you, can, he's just like smiling ear to ear the whole match. Anytime he does anything, he just like gets this giant smile on his face. Yeah. I All right, it. Josh. How about you? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a clean sweep. It's uh, hard to beat that Canadian Stampede match. Um, the crowd is just—I mean, I think it's one of the best crowds ever. Like they're just here for everything, and I, I love that they went there uh, so often during this run of you know sometimes it's like you don't want to go where you know if you've got somebody as a heel you want them to stay a heel but it's almost like just him coming home and being a face like made his heel even better you know because just the whole u.s canadian uh, canadia canada thing so i'll go with canadian stampede for sure what are those few, few times where, like, the crowd is almost bigger than the match? Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah. seeing a Rob Van Dam one-night stand, like, that's, that's where the, cr- the crowd is, like, yep. incredible. Hogan. Yeah, Hogan Rock, WrestleMania. Yeah, it's up there with those. Yep. All right. Um, so the next one to round out the Austin bracket is Steve Austin, WrestleMania 13. And Steve Austin's Survivor Series 96, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll go, I can go first just because uh, the Mania 13 is one of my favorite matches of all time. Um, it's just like the perfect match. For me, there's like just nothing better. I, I mentioned booking earlier, like, <laughs> uh, you know, how can we make both of these guys look even better than they already did? Um, made Austin just look like, you know, just like a beast. Um, the, the figure four on the the ring post. Um, oh, so good. The, the finish to the match is just, uh, it's one of my favorite finishes ever. Um, you couldn't imagine a better finish to this match. And like I said, I mean, it makes it makes so much sense for Austin, you know, doesn't give up, just looks like a stubborn redneck, like just, you know, building his character. And then also just, yeah, just Brett as being just like on fire and, and, you know, superior in the ring really um, to Austin. It's just, it's just perfection. I love this match. And I do love the Survivor Series. It's just, you know, making Austin um, go one step further from kind of on the rise to, superstar i love the story of brett you know kind of choosing him for his comeback um but it's impossible to beat mania 13 for me so that's what i'm going with all right tim what about you man yeah so went with mania 13 um i do think survivor series is super good um yeah yeah it's awesome um but 
you know, we've talked about like when people are like having their moments where they're made and like, you know, this is the moment when Stone Cold Steve Austin becomes like, you know, you can see the crowd's already like, ah, you know, I kind of like him. He's kind of like, you know, and like, this is the moment when it's like, oh yeah, this is the dude. Like, this is awesome. Um, and so like, this is kind of like that moment when, and you know, that moment's so iconic with like this, the gut blushing down his head and like Shamrock, just like being the referee. This is Shamrock's de- like, WWF debut as well. Um, who, you know, a lot of people actually like really give credit for actually being a really good worker. Um, so like seeing like Shamrock kind of get to do this and like kind of brings that realism in. And, um, you know, like Josh at Mania 13 has a lot of like moments that aren't very like it's not the greatest WrestleMania by any means. Um, yeah. But this this moment, this match, it's like, you know, it's pretty perfect. If you ever listen to like those podcasts where people will like rank the WrestleManias, uh, even most recently, the one I just listened to was um, the Masked Man. Um, I, no, no, not the Masked Man. Who's the guy that does like the WWE pre shows on Peacock? That's got red hair. Is uh, that the Masked Man? That's not Shoemaker. No. Um, not Shoemaker. not Rosenberg. Rosenberg. Yeah, yeah, Rosenberg. Rosenberg. I don't know. I'm not, not a big not, fan of no, Rosenberg. Not the hip hop DJ. Um, I think that's Peter Rosenberg. Um, I but you know who I'm talking about, the red haired guy. Yeah, I don't remember who that is, but it's okay. Gosh, what's the name of that podcast? <laughs> uh, he has one right now. It's wrestling there's, with. There's a few wrestling uh, podcasts out there I've heard, but um, there's only one good one, and it's called the Pull Apart Podcast, which comes <laughs> out every few months. <laughs> yeah. No, All right. But anyway, he ranked the WrestleManias recently and um, his statement about WrestleMania 13 was the same one I'd heard from a few other ones where there's like not a great WrestleMania, but it has maybe the best WrestleMania match in history um, on it, depending on what circles you run in. Yeah, and that's Brett versus Austin. It's this match, this tournament, you know, we did deathmatch style. It's criminal. That the Owen Cage match and the Austin Survivor Series match are both going out first round, and the Bulldog in your house match, or and the Taker one night stand or one night only match, but that's yeah. where we set this up. I, it's a Goldberg advances, <laughs> right? <yeah. laughs> it's a clean sweep for WrestleMania here. I will say one thing I want to talk about: as much as that Austin three sixteen promo put him on the map. I think the moment that really made Austin like, okay, this guy's like a star for those black and white promos with the dog barking leading into Survivor Series 96. Oh, yeah. And the, I mean, the great thing with Austin was like the moments that quote unquote made him a star, quote unquote, they just kept changing because he just kept becoming a bigger star. So it was like, okay, Austin, you know, like winning King of the Ring, and then a minute later, like, okay, no, this promo, Austin 316, that made him a star. Then like, oh no, these black and white things made him a star. And then like, oh no, these this Brett match at Survivor Series maybe match year, that just made him a star. Like everything he did was just and like the grocery great store star. thing with Booker T. Like that <laughs> made him a star. I, yeah, what you know, the apex. Yeah, that was the apex <laughs> of his career. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, Tim, like you brought up that picture of austin bleeding if you were to come up with like the five most iconic quote-unquote images just like snapshot that might be number one like hogan andre the stare down would be on there 
but this Austin with blood on his face, like that would be on there. Those might be one and two right there with put whichever one first that you want. But him bleeding out while he's in the sharpshooter is just such a I can picture it in my mind clear as day right now. You yeah. know, like it's fantastic. Yeah, and I like so it. good. I like it as um kind of a, a good Brett moment in that like you know, the whole company man thing, like the stuff with Sean uh prior to that where it looked kinda like he was just bitter, you know. I mean I know some of that was just um kayfabe or whatever, but coming back and just putting over like a young guy like that and like really just make bring him to the next level. It's like, okay, like he really is like, you know, a wrestler's wrestler and not just, um, not just like a bitter old man kind of thing. So <laughs> he definitely turned into that. <laughs> but in 1997, you know, still, still awesome. So, um, <laughs> It's funny when it's not funny, like when Tyson Kidd got hurt by Samoa Joe, Bret Hart had a good like year and a half period where he was like, Oh yeah, having a good day, you know, sons came up, I had eggs for breakfast, Samoa Joe ended my nephew's career. Just wanted to put that. <laughs> oh man, it's the best. All right. Um Oh, that was it. That was all the matches. Um, yeah. yeah, we're in round two now. All right. <laughs> which should go a lot quicker. I'd say yeah. of these eight matches, at least seven of them have at least one, for me, five-star match in it. Some of them have two. <laughs> yeah, this is this is going to be interesting. So, the first up, we have the Iron Man match. Um, Shawn Michaels. Versus the uh, Survivor Series match, which was also Shawn Michaels. Survivor Series um, 92. 1992. So, yeah, I'll, I'll try to make it quick, just the Iron Man match. <laughs> the clean sweep for me until maybe uh, that one we just talked about. So, And Josh, you watch the Iron Man match every year on March 31st. <laughs> I try, yes. Nice. If I can't fit the entire thing, I'll just watch the last, like, five minutes or so or skip around, but. Man, All right, yeah, yeah Iron Man match. It's one of my favorite matches. Tim, is it a sweep? It's a sweep. Nice. Okay. All right, second so match um, for like the technical masterpieces. Yeah. By the way, SummerSlam '91, Mr. Perfect uh, versus Monday Night Raw. Once it's three kid, I'll definitely go Perfect in this one. What about you, Tim? I know you're going like kid. I'll say I'm going kid, man. That's it's pers- it's like definitely biased yeah. just because of who it is. But um, you know, the perfect match is definitely better. But this was the moment that made Sean Waltman, who despite how he has a heat named after him in the later days of his career, um, that first like that like one, two, three kid versus like through DX X Pac run is some of my favorite character work. So Yeah. Hall of Famer Sean Waltman. Two time Hall of Famer. <laughs> James, what you got? You put well, X Pac over? I I was thinking about it. I mean, these matches are both so good. Um, but I'm going with the perfect match. That commentary can't be beat. Yeah. I, on a little thing, I loved this interview I read with Mr. Perfect. Like, I think this was after maybe when he was a manager of Ric Flair. And they were saying, your last match, Survivor Series against Bret Hart, blah, blah, blah. 
And so they just ask him a question about it. And without hesitating, he just like goes into characters like great sportsman that Bret Hart. I'll just put a guy in a sharpshooter. Hold on for it 10 seconds after the bell until he can't wrestle. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. It's so good. But all right. All right. Yeah. So next we got uh, Owen Hart, WrestleMania 10 uh, versus Sid. (laughs) (laughs) Um. SummerSlam 92. Yeah, thank you. Um, Family affair. Gonna go Owen. On this Same. One. Yeah. Same. Owen. Yeah. Sorry, Sid. Um, maybe that Owen Hart match is really... If the Bulldog match is five stars, maybe the Owen Hart match is six. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's where we yeah, break that. I, I don't understand Meltzer not giving that five stars. Like, what was he... What was wrong <laughs> with that match? Maybe he's in an anti WWF place, or maybe maybe he actually doesn't like Brett a lot. Because Tim, you're saying there are other matches he's underrated with Brett before too. Like I know it's WCW, but like if you go back and watch those two Sting matches, even the freaking Halloween Havoc one when they end up in the hospital, it, they're at least entertaining as hell. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go back and watch them. So I'm curious. Um... Maybe they could have taken the place of Yokozuna on, on this. Uh... Probably not, but, you know, they're still good. <laughs> There's a bunch of matches better than that Yokozuna match, but it, it was fun. You know, that's who Brett yeah. won, you know, lost the title to and won a title from, so. Yeah. All right. Um, Hart Foundation versus Steiners versus The Undertaker, SummerSlam 1997. No, it's Sid in the Cage versus... <laughs> Owen and Brett versus the Steiners is our next one. Is it? What did they yeah. do? James, I messed up. It's okay. I, I got it all down. I can I can hit it for you. Yeah, thank you. You said yeah. okay. So yeah. So hmm. it's a, it's a yeah, Sid Cage and the Steiners tag match. I'm going with the moment. I'm still taking the moment forward. Same. All right, Josh, which one would you have voted for? Well, yeah, I'll go uh, other way just for fun, but you're probably right. So, uh, The Steiners get buried. You know that they lost their first match as a tag team in WCW? Really? (laughs) Yeah. To who? (laughs) I forget. I don't even remember. But um, the writer I like was reviewing this old, like, NWA show. And it's like, this is actually the Steiners debut as a tag team here. And he had never seen it. And so they lose. He's like, what the actual frick? No wonder this company went out of business. (laughs) Make them lose their debut. (laughs) It's not as bad as, you know, you finally get Sting after 20 years. And you don't give us the match we actually want. And then you have him lose his two matches you actually give him. But to be fair, he hadn't put Triple H over yet. You're right. You're right. <laughs> right. Did he beat Terror Ryzen? I don't know. Did that happen? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it was payback, like when Hogan would bring back Warrior because he wanted to get his win <laughs> back. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, Sting, remember when I was Jean-Paul Levesque? What was his name in WCW besides Terror Rising? Was it Jean-Paul Levesque? Uh, it was Jean-Paul Levesque because he was tag team partners with Steven Regal. Yeah, yeah. 
It's like, well, you beat me back then, so I think you kind of owe me this one. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. <laughs> All right, do, James. Do like what French accent promos. <laughs> <laughs> There are some triple matches that, like, now that I don't have to live through it in real time, I think are hysterical just because he wins when he so obviously should not have. Uh, what's that, punk match? That's so bad, like, bad booking. <laughs> that, um, even, like, when he's, like, doing the Reign of Terror, when he beat, like, Van Damme and Kane, and every yeah. time they have a guy that looked like they could be a top baby face, like, no, pedigree is ass. Put him down. <laughs> Booker at WrestleMania. Like. Oh, my God. All right, okay. what what was next? I think I'm I think I okay. missed a few here. All right, the next one is oh what what just won? Sid. Sid, Sid. Okay, cool. All right, go. Cool. I got it. Okay, so next is the Undertaker at SummerSlam '97 versus okay. Diesel at the Rumble '95, and I love okay. the. I'm going with mm. Taker though. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I'm going to take her. All right. It's another sweep. So then then the next one is uh, Diesel 95 and Piper. And that we just, Diesel 95 just lost the take. I must have missed one and it got me screwed up for the rest of them. So that's fun. Um, So you got this, James. (laughs) What's the the next one? It's Rowdy Roddy Piper at WrestleMania 8 versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in the house show from March of 1986. That's tough. I'll take Piper. I'm, I was going to say I'll take Steamboat on that one. It's James through the split. I mean, Steamboat was like my... Besides Hogan, Steamboat was like the first guy that... Him and Hito Santana were my first two favorites. So I actually started watching every week. But Piper is one of my all-time favorites, so I'm going with Roddy Piper. Ooh. All right. That's great. You know, it's hard to pick on the match because they're both really good. (laughs) Yeah. What's next, James? All right, sorry. Next up, we got Razor Ramon from the 1993 Royal Rumble versus Steve Austin from In Your House. So two kind of like under-the-radar matches that are both really good. Hmm. I'm going to go based on the uh, poster and go with Razor versus Brett and Rumble 1993. <laughs> oh, man. Did you know that Razor Ramon just like beat the crap out of Owen Hart in the build to this? Uh, I changed my answer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and he kept going, did your daddy teach you that one, Owen? Did he teach you how to fall like that? <laughs> Oh man, I'll I'll go Austin, but I I don't know. I'm fine either way. Tim, what about you? I'm going Razor. Um, there's there are other Austin matches, obviously. Um, so while I do like this one a lot, I think Razor definitely like gets his flowers in this one. Okay, all right, we love you, Razor. R.I.P. <laughs> go to the big curtain, call in the sky. <laughs> All right, last match of uh, the second round, uh, 10-man tag in your house, Canadian Stampede versus Steve Austin, WrestleMania 13, the submission match. 
Whew, talk about tricky. It's another one. They're completely different matches, and they're both special in their own way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'll go yeah. Austin, WrestleMania 13. Yeah, same. Same. Okay. All right, third round. We've got eight matches left, guys. The great eight. WrestleMania great. 12, Shawn Michaels versus Mr. Perfect, SummerSlam 91. Michaels. Yeah, I'll go with that one, but I I hate to see that SummerSlam match go. But yeah, it it outlasted sixteen matches. But yeah, I'm voting for Sean too. So sweep there. The maybe it's just killer. maybe it's just the length. But I was thinking about rewatchability in this tournament, and SummerSlam '91 definitely has the rewatchability factor for sure. Yeah, like the pre-match promos, like, you know, and everything's great, but the pre-match promos, like a minute, the entrances are, you know, one or two minutes, and then the match is like 18 minutes, so it's like the Iron Man divided by three in every way. (laughs) And so I always think about with some of these uh, podcasts we do is like, okay, it's like, you know, midnight or something when we go to bed, like, what match are you turning on that you, like, we're talking about that you're excited to see, and I'm still like... SummerSlam 91 is probably what I'm going to turn on when I go to sleep tonight, so. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay, next match, Owen Hart, WrestleMania 10 against Sid in the epic Brett Meltdown promo <laughs> on Monday Night Raw. Going with Owen. Yeah. Owen. Is that a sweep, guys? It's a sweep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry, Sid. You, you you did well. You, no one thought you'd make it this far. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up is the Undertaker SummerSlam '97. SummerSlam '97 versus Roddy Roddy Piper at WrestleMania Eight. I think I gotta go to the Taker match. I was thinking Piper, so I'll leave that up to you, James. I have the taker match rated higher in my top 100, I think. So I'll go with that. Nice. Although awesome. they're both in it. Yeah. Also, the match that they're filming at the beginning of Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadows is the taker match. Mm. Oh, yeah? Yep. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's cool. Very that's cool. awesome. I- I love the part where they're talking, like they're talking to the cr- the fans there that night about like why they like wrestling, and the one guy's like, "It's just fun. Nothing's just fun for the sake of fun anymore." And then they get to the end of that match, which is such a suck the wind out of the fan. And you see that exact same guy they have close up on him, and he goes like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> so good, man. I I love wrestling. I love wrestling so much. <laughs> Me too, man. I love how it's like nothing's fun anymore, and then it's like years of just like tragic death after tragic death. Like, <laughs> like we need to just but like get rid of the internet, <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, um, yeah. Last one that I feel like is a no-brainer: uh, Razor, um, Rumble '93 versus Austin Mania '13. Okay. Austin. Come on. Austin. Well, let's talk about this, guys. You know, it's Austin. 
Tim? Yeah. <clears throat> so I think three of these four, I feel like, were um, slam dunks. I would not have guessed that Taker match uh, going this far, but I think, you know, with like you said, we had to eliminate a lot of really good ones in the first round. Um, so, yeah, so we, in the final four, we have the Iron Man match, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 12, um, Steve Austin, WrestleMania, or I'm sorry, Owen Hart, WrestleMania 10. Um, man. <laughs> okay. That's just ridiculous. This is a coin flip for sure. Oh, my gosh. I'm actually going to my list right now to see which one I ranked higher because they're both in the top 10. <laughs> like, how do you, I mean, how do you even choose... I, yeah, I don't know. I I would go with Sean, but I'm going with Sean, but I don't love that I'm eliminating Owen. Yeah, okay. But the, you know, it's just so they're both so good. All right, and I just lied. Apparently, that Sean match I have at 15. But I have the Owen match in the top 10, so it, Owen gets a vote. Nice. Owen gets a vote. Yeah. Enough is enough, James. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, Undertaker, SummerSlam 97 versus Austin, Mania 13, going Austin. Going Austin. Yeah, going Austin. Sorry, I do love that Taker match. Yeah. And All the right. Final, the final that we thought we'd see. <laughs> <laughs> it's the um, match that won the Shawn Michaels tournament, Shawn Brett, WrestleMania 12. Yeah. Again. So- would this be the WrestleMania 14 region then? I guess so. Yeah, Sean versus Austin. <laughs> WrestleMania 12 versus WrestleMania 13 in the finals for the guys who are in the main event of WrestleMania 14. <laughs> mm. Oh man! Shows you how good Brett was at making raising talents level. I mean, yeah, he's. The best ever at that, I think. Right? I mean, yeah. I feel like Kenny's really good at that. <laughs> uh, Ziggler, Ziggler's really good at pushing people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kenny, yeah, he's great. So Knight is great. Is you know one of my new favorites. Like if we did a top ten favorites now, Hiroshi Tanahashi would be in it. I swear, every time I watch one of his matches, I'm just like, jeez, he's so freaking unworldly good. Dude, that's yeah. how I am with um, that's how I am with Johnny Gargano, where I'm like, okay, he decided to stay in NXT when he could have gone to the main roster. And it's like, if you look at everything he did in the NXT, it's like, who he made better is what made him Mr. NXT. More than like, you know, like Ciampa, obviously, and like Cole, and... um. You know, friggin' Austin Theory, it's like, okay, like, Gargano, you know, big deal. Yeah. He's a dude. Just think about, like... It. Sorry, go, go. Just how many of those matches he'd lost? Like, you just think about, like, it, like the wrestlers where it doesn't matter, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Shawn Michaels. A lot of times he didn't go over. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like, he lost, like, a lot, honestly, for how much he was in, like, main events, and... It's just stupid. That cage match thing that James mentioned earlier, like Gargano is number two. Like wrestling nerds everywhere voting on best matches ever, and Gargano is number two. <laughs> like it's just like crazy. We could do a, a top 32 of Gargano matches and be insane. 
but got him right here. Yeah, Gargana Major Bendy. Nice. He's okay. Yeah, he Gargana is he under and again like his match quality is insane. One of the to me underrated promos that could go down as an all timer. And Cesaro just this week said it was one of the reasons he went to AEW was this in character promo from Johnny Gargano was his like kind of go home promo to the last war games match. Oh yeah. He's just talking about, you know, loving wrestling and NXT and he has the line always bet on yourself. Always. And he ends it by saying we are NXT and it's just such a mic drop. Like I was so proud. I I was like, yeah, the new guys are going to win when they signed the match. But then that promo happened and I was like all in ready for this match. Give me the popcorn. I'm not removing my eyes from it. Yeah. And like um, the way was so freaking cool. Oh, they're so funny. Yeah. Yeah. As a heel stable, like him and like Candace, like Candace LeRae, like having Indy Hartwell's like their daughter, like it's so funny. <laughs> they started, like they called Johnny Johnny wrestling. They started calling Indy Hartwell indie wrestling. So. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh my gosh. All right. The Johnny Gargano so, tournament is to come at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> oh man. There you go. We'll we'll get together for that one too, guys. It's like all Champa matches is like on one end and like <laughs> Champa side. Andrade <laughs> matches on the other end. Oh yeah. my gosh. So so I'll go. I, I know I'm the Michael, you know, I'm Michael's mark, but I'm gonna go Austin on these two. Um Wow of the, of the two matches, like I don't know, maybe it's because it's shorter or whatever, but if you ask me which one I'd rather watch right now, it would definitely be WrestleMania 13. And right. um, as far as Brett, you know, being Brett and being what he's the best at, he, it's impossible to beat that. So Josh, I feel like Mania what? 12 is a little bit more like, you know, Sean, you know what I mean? Like just a little bit a hair more of like Sean stuff going on there. Obviously he wins the belt, but I'll go with with Mania 13 on this one. In in one of our podcasts, Josh, you had said that Bret Hart has like the best F U face of all time. <laughs> yeah. He and again, this is like the heel turn match. So he has this amazing one where he just looks at the crowd when they're booing him after the match. That's so good. Yeah, I think about like the cameo that we got you for your birthday with Brett. Like if I got one of those with Brett, I would request that it's him just like being an asshole to me. Like, <laughs> like just like call me all sorts of names and like say gd a few times it'd be great josh you know you've always supported that hyena sean michaels and steve austin that little like american scum how great would that be it'd be amazing oh my gosh when do you turn 40 like when is that that'll be um two years from now two years okay yeah Oh, man. All right. Well, I'll go next and I'm going to let our guests decide this because I'm going to split um, the dude, which is which is weird thinking about this, because like. On my top 100, I have the Austin match higher, but. In my heart right now, I want to vote the Sean match, I think that 
match is kind of art. So maybe I'll change my mind at, you know, when I when I'm in bed tonight, like, no, I do like the Austin match better. But right now I'll vote Brett Sean, WrestleMania 12. So, Tim, it's all down to you. brother. No pressure. Brother, Jack. As a kid who's like in love with like the late 90s of WWF, like. Brett Austin is like, you know, second to none. But. When it comes to like, if you tell people like, I've always said like, if there's something where someone's like, show me one wrestling match to show me why wrestling's awesome. <laughs> I've I'm got prob- an hour and a half to kill. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably showing them the Iron Man match just because there's so many twists and turns. It's so dynamic. And even though there's been Iron Man matches since then, the only one that's even close to even being in the conversation of that good is probably Sasha Banks and Bailey at TakeOver Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is so in my top ten. But like that's, I think, that's like number three, I think, on my list. Wow. But yeah, um, I just feel like in like Brett Austin yeah, is incredible great. and it's a great moment. Um, you know, it launches the career like like the launches Stone Cold to being the highest box offing rest boxes wrestler of all time. Um, but Brett and Sean is just what wrestling is all about. It's about counters and you know, like making it look like a competitive, actual, legitimate shoot match at times. And mm-hmm. when Brett walks out at the end with the belt, thinking the match is over, and it's Howard Finkel so comes out and says this goes to sudden death, and just seeing his face turn around with like that disbelief, it's yeah, just, it's so good. Oh yeah. my god! All, All right, so, yeah, just like the Sean tournament, the winner of the match is Bret Hart, or the tournament is Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 12. <laughs> Next, we're doing best WrestleMania matches of all time. <laughs> oh, man. Win again. Hey, out of curiosity, James, you mentioned earlier when people rank uh, WrestleManias, how high was Mania 30? Because I feel like that's like a top five WrestleMania, in my opinion. So, like, um, the guy I'm talking about, um, I wish I had the episode on my iPod. Like, I like listening to it every so often. And he just did it this year, you know, like, it's new. So, the only one not included is 38. He ranked 30 as number one. Did he really? He did. And he said normally, you know, he said, like, if you listen to, like, the other ones, because there's a few ranking the WrestleManias out there on the internet, Normally, 30 will be like number two or number three. It's like 19, 30, and 17 are kind of like the holy trinity of WrestleManias for people. Yeah. In the critical world. But usually it's 17 at number one. And when he's going into this, he said, I expected 17 to be number one. But when I sat down and watched them both, 17 is not number one. It's number two, but 30 is number one. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, 30 is for even for me, like just what are my favorites? You know, I don't really care what the quote unquote best is, but what's my favorite? Like 30 would be a top five. It's such a good show, you know? Yeah. The fact that Brian Danielson works two 20 minute matches in one night is kind of insane. And Josh, like his match of the year that year was John Cena versus Bray Wyatt. (laughs) Definitely not true. That we have a hot take debate on that, where I think it's great and he think it's, thinks it sucks. Really? <laughs> I, I, I've never really liked anything with <laughs> Bray Wyatt. I was 
hearing the rumors that he might come back last night, and I was like, I swear to God, if I freaking stay up and Bray Wyatt comes back, I'm going to be. <laughs> but, You're like the only person I've ever heard is not a fan of like the of Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Put me down. I'm not a fan of Bray Wyatt. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, like the, the only other episode where we, aside from the WrestleMania specific one, where we talk about a pay per view after it just happened, is SummerSlam where he debuts The Fiend and we label ourselves an anti fiend podcast. So I'd like to reiterate since we talked about SummerSlam and there's rumors he might come back, we are still an anti fiend podcast. <laughs> I know. I was like, which not which Bray Wyatt is coming back? I was like, I don't know. I I thought maybe the only way that I would be happy is if it was like uh, Vince never let me do what I really want kind of vibe. Like, here's what I'm really gonna be all about, and it was some completely new character. But yeah, okay. So I'm like, all right, I'm done. If he said that, I what I would instantly think is like all the wrestlers who left WWE or got released and ended up in TNA and gave some promo like, now that I don't have a bunch of suits holding me back, now you're going to see who I really am and what I really can do. And every time it would be like, oh, no, you were better in WWE, actually, yeah. you did that direction. <laughs> Yeah, I think Christian's like first run with the NWA title was like the only exception. Yeah, that's the exception that proves the rule. Yeah, that was best stuff of his career was in TNA. Except for I do love his gimmick right now of being able to say right now. Yeah. <clears throat> Christian's awesome. Um, I want him to take it to like the illogical extreme, like, hey, remember your next story babysitter from when you were seven? Well, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> car accident how do you like it? like just something that yeah. you know it's become the, like this eye rolling like okay who's gonna bring up this week like your uncle's roommate remember your uncle's roommate nice person huh <laughs> something like that <laughs> all right we did it guys this is fun um, the boyhood yeah. dream has come true for bret hart <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Big thank you to our guest, Tim. Dude, I always love doing these with you, man. That's our second one, and it's been great having you both times. Yeah, I feel yeah. like every time I come on, I take over your show, but I just get so excited to talk. And... That's the point. We love having you, Tim. Yes. Uh, what do you want to come back for now? You said Austin Rock, maybe? I mean, anytime you guys will have me, but uh, Austin Rock, I could definitely like, that's that's like up my alley of like my favorites, so. Yeah. Okay, so do you guys want to hear the idea I had for like a long term thing? Yeah. So this would be we could start recording it anytime, really. But I was thinking we could release it around March. It would be a March Madness thing, right? And the rewatchability would probably be us watching highlights more than the actual full shows. But what if we compiled what would theoretically be the top 64 quote unquote shows of all time? And, and we got two other people. We got like five of us, maybe. And we could just like take, again, like variety of opinions and just kind of put them out there. You know, like that should be a, a bunch of takeovers, some Wrestle Kingdoms. Tim, I can hook you up with Blu-rays there. If, yeah, if you I, uh, I'm not very good at overseas wrestling. I'll be honest. Like, okay. 
Well, that's okay. That's okay. Cause this, if you want to do this, like I could get you into at least some of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If I don't get a new Japan world login, they can send me an English. I'll take it. <laughs> Dude. If, if I end up paying for that this year for something, I will send it both your guys way. Yeah. I've been thinking about getting it back again. Been missing it. Yeah. I've got like a few Kenny Blu-rays and that's like just those years. So I need, I need different stuff. I've heard Zack Sabre is on a run right now, and I'm, I'm going to watch it. They had a show yesterday at the National Fairgrounds. As I was leaving StarCast, people were lining up for it. I was in the same place. And oh. uh, I guess Moxley was on the show because I saw him going in the parking lot with his bag. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Nice. Very nice. I'm like yeah, praying I'm just... to baby Jesus that Kenny like happens to make a return this upcoming Wednesday I'll lose my mind but oh my God. I don't think that'll happen I mean Colum- Columbus doesn't seem like the place that he'd choose to come back but I guess you never know I mean they, I had that they do something with Moxley you know like they love catering to the hometown there yeah this kind of assume it'll be fairly soon because they just introduced the trio belts and the way they're kind of writing that story with the undisputed elite seems like it's gonna be like the elite versus the undisputed era kind of thing. Ah, please, please, please give us that match. <laughs> yeah, in that case, just get Roddy. Just buy Roddy out of his contract. Just bring him over. <laughs> right. Worth it. Totally <clears throat> worth it. All right, guys. Uh, thanks so much for doing this tonight. Um, yeah. If there's one thing we learned, it was that it was definitely Sean that screwed Brett. Yep, for sure. I don't know how we learned that, but I just wanted to say that. Well, now that Vince is gone, I mean, that's definitely, you know, that's definitely the narrative for sure. Vince <laughs> screwed Vince. Nice. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's like the ultimate thing. Like, Vince screwed Vince. Like, who can make Vince McMahon quit? <laughs> Vince McMahon yeah. it could force himself out. And that's kind of that might be the only one that could have ever done it. Yeah, Brett Brett gets the last laugh, so <laughs> that's all that matters. Oh my gosh! All right, yeah, I it's eleven fifty. I gotta get up at five a.m. for, for sure. work. I totally yeah. want to go down this Vince rabbit hole right now, but I'm gonna stop myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Yeah. I'll see you guys next time. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. See everybody. tell you about who deserves a shot at the United States Heavyweight Champion. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, L. Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason. Wait a minute. L. Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. 
Rock's a great wrestler, but my goodness sakes, at 50 pounds. Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious how about, how about hypnosis? Let's get thrown Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler. You know, you can say what you want. You can try to tear these guys down and take them down. But Psychosis has also he's been... He's a high flyer of the highest yes, magnitude. But he's this still guy's still a serious... cruiserweight. Let's, let's get, let's okay, get some. How about Dean Malenko? I was going to give him a title shot. He was a big man, oh. wanted to injure me. Hey, come injure me now, you little punk. He's sitting at home with some kind of hokey injury. This is a real injury, Dean Malenko. Dean this Malenko. is like groin pull that likes you've never seen in your whole life. 